only a few generations have been granted the role of defending freedom in its hour of maximum danger. I do not shrink from this responsibility. I welcome it. I do not believe that any of us would exchange places with any other people or any other generation. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And the glow from that fire can truly light the world. Good evening, America. Good evening, America. Good evening, America. Welcome, 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 welcome back to the C Report. And I am your host, Mr. C, otherwise known as Michael Aaron Casadis. And we're coming to you live on this, uh, is it Tuesday? Tuesday. I put Wednesday. I put Wednesday in the date. Today's Tuesday, right? Yeah, today's Tuesday, I'm pretty sure. Let me take care of that real quick. Let me take care of that real quick. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of The Sea Report. We are coming to you guys live, uh, as we usually do on weeknights when we are actually here. I should say I'm actually here. Don't forget, guys, I am a twin, so I, I, you know, I do tend to uh, carry the plurality of... Uh, pronouns around with myself. Uh, do forgive, do forgive. But anyways, good to be back uh, here when I am here, guys, and I am muted. All right. Uh, we'll take care of that in post, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another edition of the Sea Report, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, coming to you on this Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. I am your host, uh, Mr. C, also known as uh, Michael Aaron Casadis, and it is good to be back and live with you here and now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for that uh, quick uh, word on the mute there, Mr. Railanon over in the audience. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to take care of that in post. Uh, gonna have to get back into the swing of things. Uh, anyhow, anyhow, we're coming to you live tonight, guys, as we, as I normally do. <laughs> When I am able to be here with you guys, I apologize for my absence the last just about week, uh, ladies and gentlemen. The last time I was live here on the air was during uh, the uh, celebratory uh, President Trump birthday bash um, edition of the Sea Report, which honestly, y'all, I thought was a pretty damn good episode. A pretty damn good episode. And then BAM! Right in the kisser, guys. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was out really sick. Tell you what, man, my uh, immune system is just not what it used to be, guys. But uh, I don't know where the heck this thing came from. <clears throat> in fact, I still have a bit of raspiness in the voice and uh, a little bit of congestion, a little bit of the medicine-y head, hence the mute gate at the start of the show. Um, anyhow, anyhow, yeah, came out of nowhere. Uh, it seems like uh, I 
kind of built it coming on, maybe towards the end of the um, uh, celebratory birthday flag day celebration episode Tuesday. And uh, by that night, guys, I was um, I had zero energy for like three. I think it was like I think it was like uh, the uh, monkey pox infected COVID uh, variant Z D algebity. Uh, <laughs> it was the algebity variant of COVID with monkey pox because it was out there screwing around, right? <laughs> Since they say that's where it's coming from. Anyhow, so uh, that's what was going on. And I do apologize, guys, because a lot of news happens. Of course, it was an extremely busy weekend uh and an extremely eventful one at that uh you know on top of father's day uh we had the texas gop uh basically uh declaring its independence from uh the establishment uh gop and the yeah we're talking grassroots here guys grassroots gop the gop convention i was not at the gop convention incidentally in case that's maybe where some of you guys thought i was uh hiding out the last uh few days but no 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 uh you know it's funny because the last time there was um another there was a delegate meeting a delegate convention uh, in fact uh, and I got sick during that as well. You know, I don't understand what's up with that. It's like when we have elections here in my neck of the woods, it rains with the exception of last time. But, uh, we also had a shoot, a mass shooting on that day as well. Uh, and then of course, when it seems like there is some type of uh, delegation or something eventful for the Republican for the party I'm currently attached to or tied to whatever you want to say. Um, I seem to get sick, so I don't know what's up with that, guys. It is, uh, very disturbing, uh, to think about it, but we're not going to think about that, right? Uh, no, no sense getting oneself tied up in, uh, conspiratorial theories about, uh, I don't know, new neighbors moving in and spraying your apartment with, like, uh, some rancid monkeypox COVID variant. So, yeah. Anyhow, you know, it got everyone in the C household, uh, you know, you know, uh, disco ball is still recovering as we speak. And, uh, you know, I was down three days straight, uh, did not get out of bed, did not eat anything basically. And, uh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) They say it's allergies. I don't know. I don't know if it's allergies guys, but, um, uh, it didn't feel like allergies. (laughs) Let me tell you what, it didn't feel like allergies. So, um, a lot, I missed out on a a bunch of news items going on, guys. I mean, we were right there at the threshold of New Mexico, right? Um, and, uh, New Mexico standing up strong right now, uh, for sure. Well, you know, I really wanted to get into New Mexico and into Texas tonight, guys, but, uh, you know, I am still at 100% and uh, uh, we were live on the air earlier today. I refrained from showing my uh, showing my mug on camera because I was still in a very uh, 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 pajama jam and rollers situation, guys. And <laughs> I didn't want to do that to you all. Uh, but, you know, we were on the air earlier because they had the uh, January 6th unselect committee, which I am just calling it the shim sham flim flam floozy committee or I don't know, something to that extent. Uh, well, formally, I call it, of course, the uh, uh, unselect committee um, 
uh, hearing on the uh, January 6th false flag capital riots. I mean, if you want to be formal about it, or you can just call it the shim sham flim flam, you know, flop, because uh, that's what it's going to be. Anyhow, so, uh, you know, I guess this was the fourth episode today. I said earlier it was the third episode, but I, you know, I tend to forget that things happen when I'm sick, and uh, I think they had the third hearing while I was out. A lot, a lot of things happening, guys. You know, again, we had uh, New Mexico, uh, where I last left off, and don't worry, I will do the dual, uh, du- dually uh, important reporting on the situation. I don't know if any of you guys have been following what's been going on in New Mexico, uh, but the last thing we had going on, of course, as uh, I shared last Tuesday, uh, believe it or not was that uh, Otero County had voted to get rid of the Dominion machines, okay? Uh, and then uh, a few days ago, uh, they, um, the commissioners decided that they did not want to certify the 2022 primary elections. And uh, there was one commissioner in another county that also voted no to certification, Um, The uh, Secretary of Snakes, Maggie Toulouse-Oliver, got a hold of the New Mexico Supreme Court. And within 24 hours, guys, within 24 hours, the New Mexico Supreme Court decided to order the county commissioners of Otero to certify the elections or risk penalties, including jail. Okay, now that says a lot about the state of the judiciary in New Mexico. It says a lot about the state of the legislative or elected officials, officials, not representatives, in the state of New Mexico. And it also says a lot about the power of the people. Uh, And that was really my point that I would be coming to in sharing this information about New Mexico. Um, Because, you know, Texas and New Mexico, guys, I mean, we are literally right next door to each other. You pass El Paso on I-10 and you will eventually hit Las Cruces. Like, literally, guys, is there something about this quadrant of the United States of America that just drives, uh, you know, people to just uh, stand up against tyrants who think that they can overcome us in the desert and in the West, you know, well, you know, I suppose, suppose it West, you know, anyways, uh, classic West, right, of the 1800s. Anyhow, guys, very, very, very interesting stuff going on here. Um, again, we'll go through all the details probably tomorrow on that because there's a lot to cover with New Mexico and with Texas. But, um, you know, we will get to Texas eventually. I mean, not that we're not going to get to it tomorrow, but, you know, we will get to it as well. We might as well put those two together because, uh, like I said, we're neighbors. You know, uh, New Mexico is just to the west of us, uh, literally our border neighbor state. Um, And, uh, you know, um, I just want you all to really, really um, grasp this nugget before we get into tonight's report. Uh, and, and we'll be talking about the shim sham flim flam guys. Yeah, I know, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about it. A lot of people are not covering it and that's totally fine uh, because we'll cover it here at the C report because a lot of interesting stuff, guys, we were debunking that mother 
in uh, real time as we were watching it today. And uh, I brought you the receipts for this episode, uh, which we've incidentally already, you know, played here at the Sea Report, but I brought you all the receipts, okay? For everything I said today to rebuke all these lying demons, and I'm talking about specifically that panel, okay? That panel of lying, treasonous demons, right? Everyone from Rusty Buckethead Bowers all the way to uh, Gabriel, looks like Francis from Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Sterling. Gabriel Sterling to uh, Secretary of Snakes, Bradford Rottenberger, okay, to uh, Wandrea, the fraudster Shea Moss and her Mima, Shady Freeman, right? Or was it, no, Shady Ruby, right? Shady Ruby Freeman, right? Not Lady Ruby. She ain't no lady. That ain't no lady. No lady would ever betray their country or their countrymen like Shady Ruby Freeman, okay? Yeah. And, uh, and and feign their tears while they're at it. And if any of you guys saw the intro video, <laughs> uh, you're probably like, I know, I know you at least saw it, um, <clears throat> Mr. Uh, Railanon. Uh, <laughs> uh, JFK speaking, you know, you remember, guys, you remember, of course, that um, uh, Wandrea Shamos, okay, and and her her uh, her unselect committee uh, chairperson. Um, what's her face? A lizard herring, no, lizard, lizard Cheney, right? Uh, received freaking, uh, you know, even, even Dusty Bowers, right? Rusty, Dusty, Dusty, Rusty, Dusty Johnson, Rusty Buckethead Bowers, even he, all of them, is, does it not strike one's, um, um, uh, question, right? That these individuals, all of them, you know, I'm surprised they didn't have a freaking, uh, you know, Jocelyn Benson on the panel, but you know what? We're not done yet with this, uh, with this unselect flim flam shim sham. So uh, before you know it, before you know it, Jocelyn Benson will be laying across the table like the prostitute treasonous whore that she is. Okay. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if President Zelensky makes an appearance, too, in his stilettos and his uh, leather mylar pants, okay? Uh, he owes us a show, all right? We've paid him so much money. I, I know you guys are getting tired of me asking for a show from Zelensky, but, you know, I paid for it. I want my damn show, okay? So, anyways, um, that kind of talent should not be restricted to the silver screen, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> He needs to take that ass on tour anyways. Okay, so as I was saying, all of these uh, uh, betrayers, okay, of liberty, freedom, and uh, the United States Constitution, the forefathers, everything, they betrayed every single one of them. You know, uh, they, they basically perjured themselves, but they can't really perjure themselves because this is a shim sham flim flam. Okay. You know, how, how are you going to hold them accountable? Like when it's not even an actual trial, right? You know, uh, the only one that will be attempted to be held accountable, of course, is going to be president Trump and, and maybe Steve Bannon and, and, you know, maybe Peter Navarro, right? I, mean, I don't think they're going to get too far in that regard at all, actually. I mean, don't get me wrong, Merrick Garland, whose britches are far too big for him, right? Merrick Garland walks around like he is like 15 foot five, right? And, and wears steel pants, 
you know, uh, uh, that do not catch on fire, you know, basically. Uh, yeah, Merrick Garland is walking around in a pair of geriatric high waters, ladies and gentlemen, with, uh, with, an, uh, with an inseam that goes all the way up his cerebral cranium crack, okay? And not to mention their high water. So Merrick Garland, he's gonna, he, he may try, okay? He may try, Okay, because he has the power of uh, critical race theory behind him, right? And all of the 1619 powers that be uh, freeing slaves, you know. Uh, and I say that, of course, because let's not forget his son owns the book company, right? That he is forcing schools to pedal to, uh, to, to purchase, like peddling, peddling these books to schools, right? His, his, his son-in-law owns the book company that publishes these damn books on critical race theory. And I wouldn't doubt that uh, they also have a, a, a pedophile groomer's wing in, in the publishing company as well. Anyway, so Merrick Garland has, you know, he, he has some, you know, he has some tenacity to try and do this. He's like a little bulldog, right? Actually, he's not really a bulldog. He's more like a, uh, I, I, I wouldn't say Boston Terrier because I love Boston Terriers. Uh, and I wouldn't say Chihuahua because it would be an insult to a Chihuahua. He's just a mutt who thinks that, uh, he can take on the American people. He tried to take on the American family, the parents, and he failed, right? He failed miserably. Hello? Hello, Merrick Garland, don't you remember? Like, a sea of angry mothers coming, uh, sending you letters? <laughs> appearing at every single, uh, you know, uh, school function and, and, um, committee meeting. I mean, come on, Merrick, let's not, uh, let's not, uh, bite off more than we can chew. Anyways, Merrick Garland might try and, uh, you know, indict these, uh, uh, uh these, uh, fine folks. Of course, again, I'm talking about Bannon, Trump and Navarro. Um, but, uh, anyways, guys, so yeah, the shim sham flim flam. Okay. Sorry. I got a little bit off track there. Uh, I was talking about the uh, other shim shammers, um, <clears throat> not the flim flammers, the shim shammers, you know, the, uh, the JFK award winning, um, uh, liars, uh, these idiots. So anyhow, anyhow, guys, anyhow, guys. So, uh, uh, Texas, Texas, my Texas, New Mexico, my sister, um, there's a lot of power there, guys. And, and again, we'll cover it tomorrow. But um, when we're talking about New Mexico and the way that Maggie Too Loose Oliver and also the Supreme Court acted, okay, the way they acted towards these commissioners tells you one thing that is very, very important and one thing that I think we should definitely take away, guys, because we are in a new era, ladies and gentlemen. We are in an era where we literally make the difference. Uh, we have begun to realize, we recognize, we understand that these politicians that these supposedly elected officials, right? But they have been selected, okay? And I would damn well say near every single one of them. You guys have heard me wax poetically and wax angrily about this in, you know, previous episodes of recent. Uh, when we're talking about, you know, exactly what all is uh, going on here, you know, that that we have to wake up and realize we have to, we have to really fully comprehend, we have to comprehend, ladies and gentlemen, that these people are not going to help us. 
here we stand, June 21st, 2022, and they haven't helped us. Instead, what they have done is they have, uh, they've exposed themselves, okay? They have outright exposed themselves. Think about New Mexico. We have a, most of the commissioner, commission, count, county commissions are Republican, okay? Most of the county commissions in New Mexico are Republican, okay? Now, there's a, there's a lot of hubbub and stir, you know, amongst these county commissions in, in New Mexico about, you know, whether or not they're going to get rid of Dominion, whether they're going to do an audit. You know, we had about eight that were um, uh, allegedly performing these audits. We had others that were uh, willingly taking in the information that was being extended to them from the New, Me New Mexico um, audit force um, as they were visiting uh, county commissions to spread the word. But in the end, when it came to this decertification, now you're talking, uh, this is uh, like un unmarked territory, okay? And Otero County said no. Now they got threatened by the Supreme Court of all people, of New Mexico, okay, and jail time. So two of them fold, two of them fold, okay, and one of them doesn't. And again, there's one other uh, commissioner in a different county that did not fold, you know, said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to certify these elections. But ask yourself the detail. Why is it that the commissioners were threatened by the top, um, the top um, judicial body in the state with jail time and, and are told you have to, uh, that you are mandated to. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, no, they're not. Uh, what this actually showed us is that the power of the commissioners over elections. Maggie Toulouse Oliver as the head snake of elections in New Mexico could not do a damn thing about the state of the 2022 primaries. So she had to run to the Supreme Court. The commissioners have more power. And here's something that we really need to grasp on this, because this is what's coming down the pipeline, guys. As we forget about the federal and Capitol Hill and we start to clean up our own backyards, okay? This is what we've been talking about since, I don't know, we started doing the show in February of 2021, is that we have to clean our own backyards up first. We have to take care of the local. And as we do that, as we graduate back into each level of local governance, okay, and sovereignty, they're gonna throw more stuff at us. They're gonna tell, they're gonna tell the state, oh no, the state, you can't do that. Uh, with elections, uh, you have to follow the uh, federal election guidelines. Oh, well, no, we don't. The 10th Amendment and the 9th Amendment tell us that we have the power back into the states to take care of our elections, okay? Because it's not enumerated in the Constitution or the Bill of Rights, right? Okay, so yeah, so okay, we take it back to the state level. Okay, so then we get to the state level and we have uh, we have jagoffs like Maggie Toulouse Oliver and we have a, a, a corrupt judiciary like, oh, oh, like the Texas Supreme Court, for example, you know, they're, they are corrupt, you know, the Texas Supreme Court is corrupt. And, uh, but as an example, okay, so they're gonna tell you, oh no, you counties, you can't do that. You are mandated by state law. Oh, really? Okay, no. 
you see, it's like, what, what are those, those Russian nesting dolls? Ooh, is Russian a bad, uh, bad, bad uh, type of an example to use, right? You know, we got the, the big mother at the federal level, then we got the next one at the state level, then we get down to the county level, then we get down to the city level, then we get down to the damn precinct, okay? And we control it basically just shy of the state level, okay? Just shy of the state level. Can we, as the people, control the state at the state level? Hell, yes, we can. What did Texas just do? What did Texas just do, okay? Unanimously, the grassroots GOP in Texas decided what the platform of the state's Republican Party will be moving forward. Is it official? No. But hey, you had uh, you had all of uh, you had stupid corn in there. And you know what? He's getting what he deserves. He is getting what he deserves. He's not going to be reelected. And he's a damn fool if he thinks he can run for a fifth term. Period. You know, <laughs> it's coming out, guys. It's coming out in a wild, wild way right now. And I was sick for the last five days. So you know what? Things always happen when I'm sick. And uh, I am just damn excited about it, guys. I am so excited, you know, because they're going to come at us like that. They're going to say, you can't do that at the city level. You can't do that at your neighborhood level. You can't do that at your uh, county level. Oh, I beg to differ. You know, what Otero County did is the perfect example of how powerless these snakes are when the people stand up, ladies and gentlemen, that is a perfect example that Maggie Toulouse Oliver could not do anything with her state elections. Okay. And she's still in trouble. She's still in trouble. And, you know, and that's not to mention guys, that's not to mention that the, uh, you, you know what I've been, you know what I've been ragging on the most, right? Like when I get really, like, you know, see uh, uh, intense, right? Uh, is over the EAC accreditation or lack thereof and certification or lack thereof of the machines in 2020. Like, you know, you guys know how I've been crying, complaining about that. That thing is coming to the surface, like in crazy, crazy fashion, guys, it's coming to the surface. Okay. In fact, I just wrote an article about it. You know, that's the thing about being sick is I didn't even have enough strength to like do work in the background. You know, like it wasn't until I think day four that I actually had strength to like, you know, I, I wrote, I finished writing the article, uh, over at the seareport.com. Uh, you can go check it out. And it is, um, it is uh, Maggie Toulouse Oliver confirms lack of certification and accreditation for the 2020 election. Since it's always been hearsay, right? Uh, but, but it has been known since 2021 that, uh, you know, these, uh, these machines were not lawfully certified and the uh, voting testing system labs were not lawfully accredited, which means that these uh, machines were not lawful, <laughs> which means the votes are unlawful and they should be rendered null, okay? That little fastidious golden nugget is slowly rising to the top, right? Like yesterday's corn. It's just, it's wonderful, guys. It's wonderful. Um, 
what you guys can do is share the information, okay? Share that information. You know, if you're in a chat room and they're talking about elections, say, hey, didn't you hear about this? Didn't you hear about the uh, the lack of accreditation? Uh, you, you, uh, you're talking with some friends and uh, they're talking about the elections. Uh, did you hear what New Mexico just did, you know, in Otero County? Did you hear how they, the, the, the Secretary of State couldn't, like, uh, verify the uh, couldn't couldn't uh, certify and, and confirm and finalize their their primary because of one or two counties. That's right. So just just slip those nuggets in there, ladies and gentlemen. Let them know, okay? Because this is our time and our moment, guys, to do it. You know, I mean, if we're not here for anything else, it is at least to uh, you know to uh, absorb and to transmit this information, this energy, you know, uh, so that this way others will have the privilege of knowing there's no better gift than the gift of knowledge, okay? And knowledge itself is a form of protection and power, okay? So, you know, and that is exactly what we need, guys. I mean, it has always been said that um, mankind will make the right and good decision if they are given good information, okay? So don't deny your brothers and sisters of this information, okay? It is not just, uh, it's, it's not just to um, pass the time <laughs> for an hour or two. It's literally here so that you can pass this on, ladies and gentlemen. Pass it forward, you know, pay it forward. This information that people aren't getting anywhere else. I mean, you guys, this audience gets information from so many various places that I believe are, you know, um, uh, worth it. You know, they're they're um, reputable, you know, pass that information forward, pay it forward, you know, pay it forward and do it in real life. You know, don't don't just save it for the memes. Don't just save it for the keyboard warriors uh, you know, uh, ammunition, like get it out there in real life, you know, make a difference, you know, leave a mark. Okay. Make a sign, make a poster, do, do something like that. Uh, anything to get it out there in real life because people need to see that it exists and it is not the type of information that will only be um, relegated to the uh, the ether webs and the interwebs and the internets and and just out there in cyberspace. You know, it is it is very real information. It's it's very real situations. There are people who are very much so experiencing and fighting just so that I have the ability to share this good news with you. <laughs> So, uh, you know, pay it forward, do them a favor, you know, do, do, do your country a favor, right? <laughs> if you want to ask what you can do for your country, well, here's your time, guys. Here is your time. All right. No jokes, no jokes, no jokes at all. At this point, y'all, we are here. Okay. And, uh, we'll talk about the rhinos tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> I promise. All right. Okay, guys, let me dip into the chat room real quick so we can get tonight's report underway. Ooh, man, that felt good. I think I've been saving that up for the last five days or so. Um, we got uh, Raylanon in the house. Thank you for the 117 gold pills. My friend, good to see you again. The Speak Uneasy, good evening, dear sir. And uh, thank you again for um, uh, the, the prayers and the well wishes while I was out. 
Uh, Railanon says, uh, you took an extended Juneteenth holiday. Well, it was all of that, uh, it was all of that trash can punch, man. It was- <laughs> Yeah, anyways, oh man, you know, okay, so another thing that happened uh, while uh, I was out, um, uh, the uh, plumbing backs up in the kitchen, so I had um, I had plumbers here yesterday, okay, and, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I live in a loft, so I can't help but hear their conversation, and, and one of them is telling the other one, yeah, yeah, man, it's Juneteenth, man, and, and, and uh, the other one says to that, that one, oh, I don't, I don't even know what Juneteenth is, what's that all about, and he's like, man, yeah, you know, it's like, uh, it's, my, it's the day for my people, you know, and he's like, oh, man, I didn't know, I didn't know that about, about you, and I'm like, he's black, anyways. <laughs> like yeah you don't know he's like you don't know a lot you don't know a lot about me man and uh yeah i'm just like okay all right juneteenth juneteenth i know you know i know you guys heard me go on about juneteenth i probably sound like i was a member of the kkk what was that a couple episodes ago like a week removed uh just because you know it's just it's it's just ridiculous you know like i mean first of all first of all first of all Let's not forget Cornyn, right, is, is the man who brought Juneteenth to the uh, national stage, okay? Birth out of Galveston smells like the armpit in the crotch of the ocean Texas, okay? It's a very unflattering seaside town, right? Been there a few times. And uh, smells t- terrible, right? Uh, has, has really... Anyways, we won't get into that, but... Um, and 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 we're talking we're talking it's now a national holiday and i'm thinking about this black plumber who's like yeah juneteenth whom i think i i think he saw the trump magnet on my refrigerator cuz like at one point he just he changed like his whole countenance changed <laughs> anyways i was like i forgot i had that out there um but anyways so uh he um I'm just like, what do you really know about Juneteenth other than the fact that you have to work today and uh, banks are closed in honor of freeing slaves, right? Which is, it's a total, total, is misnomer the right word for that, guys? I mean, let's think about it. June 19th, 1865, okay, is when it happened in Texas, okay? There were nine other states that had already abolished slavery. So what are you talking about? Juneteenth is the day of your people. Maybe in Texas, but you probably ain't even Texas. You know, but now it's the whole country. And so now the entire country, the entire feeble-minded, woke, black population believes that their people were freed on June 19th, 1865, even though they probably ain't even from Texas, okay? And so, you know, it, it makes no sense. There are, like, I think it was nine other states in the Union that had already abolished slavery before 1865. And I think also, if I'm not mistaken, it was in 11 of those states that the KKK would not persecute black people on that day. So what the hell kind of crap is woke Cornyn, uh, woke rhino Cornyn trying to like, um, retard the people of America? I mean, you just set them all back, Cornyn. Okay. (laughs) 
Corden just sent them all back in the name of being woke and hip and moderate. Right, but we know he's nothing more than a damn dirty progressive rhino, Cornyn is, and uh, his day is about come, you know? So, uh, whatever, Cornyn, you just totally made all of those woke, libtard, black Americans look a certain way. And by the complexion of your skin, Cornyn, I would almost say you did it on purpose. You damn racist, Cornyn! Shit. Anyways, okay, enough about that, guys. Thanks for the Juneteenth. <laughs> Thanks for interjecting Juneteenth into my uh into my uh little uh opening there, Mr. <laughs> Relanon, you're always good for doing uh for giving me some ideas there, buddy, buddy old pal. <laughs> so let's let's finish up here in the chat room and uh, we'll move on to today's report. It's gonna be all about the shim sham flim flam guys, so I hope you guys uh Brought your barf bags. Uh, let's see here. Shanjo. Welcome back, Shanjo. Saw you earlier this afternoon. Thank you for the cookie, Mr. C. Glad you are up and about. Yes. Yes, I, I, I made myself promise I would take off my rollers and get out of my, uh, get out of my night robe <laughs> for the C report this evening. It, it feels good, you know, uh, to, uh, even though it's extremely, I mean, I'm warm in here. I don't know if you guys can tell. I'm like glistening like a pig right now. Uh, still, I, I guess you know, I had fever for three days. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't have fever now, but I don't know. Maybe it's just uh, I'm sweating it out. You know what I mean? But you know what they say: look good, feel good, look good, feel good. So you know, I feel I feel good at the moment. Eh, it's probably because I'm hanging out with you guys. It's probably because I'm hanging out with you guys. Tam growls in the house. What's up, Tam growl? Good to see you again. She says, you were late. I got worried. Aw, Tam, I didn't mean to worry you like that. I know I was running late. Um, I, uh, I it, well, you guys will see why I was running late because uh, tonight, tonight's report, I, I had told you guys I had pulled the article about how Bradford Rottenberger actually comes out of a firm in Atlanta that literally runs Democrats as Republicans, okay? And I shared the story with you guys last July. Okay. And, uh, well, you know, we're resurrecting the story just, uh, to show all the receipts against these treasonous lying jagoffs that, that were utilized as witnesses for this stupid shim sham flim flam, ladies and gentlemen. So you guys will see, I got, I got, I got all of it here for you guys tonight. So that's what we'll be focusing on. And then uh, we'll get into uh, more pertinent information tomorrow. There's a lot of stuff going on, guys. You heard about the cows, right? You heard about the cows that dropped dead in Kansas, okay? Now, I know I was not the first one to report this, you know, but I did report, I did share with you guys, uh, what did they build in Kansas? You guys remember? A biosafety level four lab. I think I shared this information with you in uh, March or April of last year, okay? Latest late April, okay? And now the cows are dying, right? You, you remember You remember what we watched the videos, right? About this biosafety level four lab that they were making in Manhattan, Kansas, okay? And, and what is it? The, the foot and mouth diseases of these cows, right? You, 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 we're, we're talking about like mad cows, right? Okay. And then, and then all of these cows drop dead because of, of a supposed heat wave. I have an article from the Epoch Times. Headline, 
herd of cows drops dead from heat wave in Kansas, all other animals in the wild survive. Okay, it makes no sense. Now, what are they going to say? Because cows are full of methane and they have a heavy uh, winter coat that they wear all year long that they're going to die <laughs> in a heat wave? Seriously? Okay, really? Right. Yeah, there's probably something else going on there, guys. And, you know, I really couldn't say that it has anything to do with the Manhattan, Kansas Biosafety Level 4 lab. Let's not forget Biosafety Level 4 labs are the same labs in Wuhan and in China, Ukraine, where they made these uh, coronaviruses. Mm -hmm. Or they did their their uh, Dr. Artis uh, Slippery Snake uh, research, you know, and, and gain of function. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're the same biosafety level labs that uh, have no antidotes and no cures for whatever diseases and whatever illnesses that they are cooking up, okay? That's the kind of lab it is. And now we have 400 cows that just dropped dead, or is it 400? It might have been more, I don't know. Anyhow, guys, so yeah, a lot of stuff is going on. Goodness me, oh my, oh, goodness me, oh my, oh. Far too much information is happening right now. Um... Okay, we'll, we will press through it, guys. We will press through it. We'll get there. Um, okay, but, but for now, the Shim Sham Flim Flam. And you know, the reason why is also because there's like oodles of people that have not seen the information that I'm going to share with you again tonight. You know, uh, oodles of people, you know, and, and probably half the people who were lurking during the Shim Sham Flim Flam didn't believe anything I was saying, right? They're like, I'd have to see that episode that you shared, Mr. C, about all these receipts you're not showing. This gravy seems kind of watered down. Oh, this gravy about to get hearty, ladies and gentlemen, because I don't play around like that, okay? I don't play around like that. Hey, 123SKG, how's it going? Good to see you again. Good to see you again. Thanks for dropping a link there, Mr. Uh, the Speak and Easy. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. CJM61, good evening. Good to see you. Welcome back. Or, you know, it's good to be back. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> MTO needs a TKO. MTO? Who's that? <laughs> I know it's someone I should know. Uh, I, I was like Marjorie Taylor Oppenheimer. <laughs> Anyways, that, you got, that's probably y'all's conversation. Sorry, I'm eavesdropping. I'm eavesdropping. Uh, let's see here. Um, what we all got going on. I look forward to the power returning to the states. I look forward to the power returning to the people. But first, the people have to want to receive that power, you know? Like, right now, uh, I, I still feel there are a lot of us who are like, I don't want that. I don't want that kind of responsibility. <laughs> I don't want the responsibility of being a self-governing, sovereign individual. Who has self-determination, freedom, and liberty? I don't want that kind of responsibility. I want to be just like Wandrea Shea Moss. And I want to be told what to say, how to say it, when to say it, and when to put on 60 pounds, right? That's what I want to be like. Hey, Slug Trail, what is going on? What is going on? Sounds like Louisville. Holy shit, the Ohio River is screwed. I'm not sure what you're referring to there, Mr. Slug Trail, but that does not sound too good. No need to apologize. 
Um, let's see here. Just uh, pulled out from the cloud date. Just had a ring to it. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, you guys. Anyways, okay, so... Um, Sazzy Q's in the house. What's up, pew, 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 Sazzy Q? Storms are rolling in, says Sassy Q. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been pretty hot here in Texas. Mm-hmm. Ah, Slug Trail. I lived in Indiana first 15 year, 16 years, and it's bad all the way to uh, Tell City and beyond. Uh, you know, Slug Trail, uh, in addition to uh, New Mexico and Texas, uh, Indiana just made some moves as well. I mean, guys, the um, GOP conventions, okay, that have been happening have all been in defiance of establishment, deep state, rhinos, the Republican Party, okay? It's like we got two Republican parties right now, okay? And uh, the establishment or the rhino Republican Party is just fighting for its life to uh, direct the party somehow. But the grassroots are beating them almost at every turn, guys. Almost at every turn, okay, from Colorado to Michigan to Texas to Indiana, it's happening across the country. You know, I mean, this is this is really where we stand at. Uh, you know, maybe maybe we will be able to restore the Republican Party. Maybe we will be able to uh, clean it out. Well, the only way that's going to happen, guys, is if. Um, Everyone gets savvy. And, and, and by everyone, I mean everyone who's actually doing something at, you know, the convention level, at the, um, you know, state level, you know, at the filing lawsuit level, at the running for representative level, at the uh, bitching to your commissioners and your, you know, uh, your representatives and your delegates, you know, at that level, everyone who's doing something at those levels you know, if they, all of them, and I'm talking like, let's, let's, let's set a date and we all just bombard every single, like, uh, you know, uh, GOP, um, um, representative with the information about the EAC guys. Now just wait until I show you what I got on Texas with the machines certification or lack of certification guys. I mean, ESNS, yeah, that's what Texas uses, okay? They were also not certified. There is a lot of documentation on it with Texas state law, federal law, everything to support it, including, you know, from the words of the Election Assistance Commission itself, you know? And what is required, guys? It's insane. You know, if we just all bombarded them with letters and phone calls and emails, and we coordinate it all like on a single day, you know, just, just the, just the, uh, the optics of all of that coming in at one time. And, and it's a lot, it's more than one or two or 10, right? Uh, I, I believe is, it sends a message guys. It sends a message, you know, it sends a message. So anyhow, uh, things to think about guys, things to think about. We, we got to get IRL here y'all. We have to get IRL here. Uh, let's see here. What else do we got going on in the chat before we get into tonight's report? You guys just got me on a roll right now. 
<laughs> you guys got me on a roll right now. <clears throat> uh, let's see here. Slug Trail, CJM, Sazzy Q, Pew, Pew, Pew. Uh, I'd love to tell you it won't happen again, but it's all out war on the people right now. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't like to frame it as a war, although, I mean, realistically speaking, um, information, misinformation, disinformation, I mean, that that is the name of the game right now. Uh, but But also, also, you know, action and inaction as well. Because what else are you going to do in an information warfare situation, right? Sit on your laurels and just ignore bad information? Are we going to pass on the good information? Are we going to act on the good information? What does getting kinetic with information mean? I think it translates to uh, uh, letters of demand, letters of intent, uh, litigation, lawsuits, um, writing articles. I mean, newspapers aren't going to print them, right? But, you know, uh, it doesn't mean you can't send them, you know. Uh, It's a shame we can't, no one really does like the info jamming anymore, right? Where they uh, call into local stations and radio talk shows. And uh, I don't even watch, you know, local TV to know if they have any live segments, right? Where you can call in. I mean, maybe I should scope that out. That would be something fun to do, you know? I'd definitely give San Antonio an earful. Hmm. I mean, I have an option to go on. I have an option that is available to appear on local television. If I were to pursue that option, maybe I could just, uh, maybe I could just hijack my own option. (laughs) Anyways. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll think about that later on. Anyhow. Okay. So, uh, all right, guys, I think we need to jump into the report. Hey, Bubbles. What's up? Good to see you. Yeah, shifty shift watermelon head. Yep, yep, yep. Colbert breach. Yep, yep, yep. That was something uneventful that happened while I was out, while I was asleep. Ah. Uh, hey, Mr. C was referencing the smell of Louisville. Oh, yeah. Smells as bad as Galveston, I guess. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Ma- Maggie Toulouse Oliver. Duh. Hello. <laughs> I was on Marjorie Taylor Oppenheimer. I don't know. Who are you talking about? Yeah, I I just, I'm not hip enough to use, you know, their their acronym name, their initials, you know. Okay, guys, let's jump into tonight's report. What are you guys signing up for classes for? You know, I got an email from, um, I got an email from, uh, uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel Alan West about taking a class on uh, you know working election polls and stuff like that. So I mean you know I'm already a I'm already a precinct chairman. You know um, I don't even know if I can do that. I'll figure it out. Uh, sorry guys, I don't got my uh, my C cup with me. <laughs> my C cup. That sounds kind of funny. Anyhow, guys, okay, so uh, what do we got, of course, as per the usual? As you all know, President Trump leads here at the C Report. <coughs> so uh, in lieu of any statements or truths that President Trump has shared in the last five days, I got a doozy for you. I mean, uh, considering that uh, tonight here is about the shim, sham, flim, flam, uh, 
um, we're going to actually read his statement uh, that I think provoked today's proceedings, okay? Um, because you notice they are getting much more, I think they're getting more into the woods, guys, uh, when they're talking about election fraud or uh, debunking the fraud. I mean, let's not forget, guys, I mean, this is, uh, though this is not an actual trial, and so they're not technically perjuring themselves, and it's just a show, right? Um, they, uh, <laughs> they're still saying it, you know, they're still, it's still coming out of their mouths, right? Uh, they're bold-faced lies, mm-hmm, bold-faced lies, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't see why we couldn't use this type of moment, uh, or momentum to use their words against them, Okay. So uh, we are going to read the statement from President Trump. Before I do that, I am absolutely going to reset my clock because uh, it is a lengthy statement. And uh, I doubt anyone else has actually read through this with you all. I don't doubt that some of you guys have already read it, though. I mean, clearly, um, some of you guys probably already read the statement that President Trump wrote about the Shim Sham Flim Flam Committee. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com, you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com, that's www.thecreport.com, and be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pill.net. I did look for an audio recording of it. I looked for a video recording of it. I thought uh, you might enjoy it more if President Trump were the one who is actually reciting these words to you guys. But indeed, there was none. So uh, with that said, let's go ahead and uh, pull it up for us to review. This is uh, President Trump's statement on the January 6th Unselect Committee. Again, I think it's what is provoked uh, the proceedings for today and future proceedings. And there's like, what, two left, maybe three left, two or three more episodes in this mini series flop that the uh, Shim Shammers put together. Statement by President Donald J. Trump says, our nation is suffering. Our economy is in the gutter. Inflation is rampant. Gas prices have reached an all-time high. Ships are unable to unload cargo. Families cannot get needed baby formula. We are an embarrassment around the world. Our withdrawal from Afghanistan was a disaster that cost us precious American blood and gave $85 billion worth of the best military equipment on earth to our enemy. Millions and millions of illegals are marching to the border and invading our country. We have a White House in shambles with Democrats just this week declaring that Biden is unfit to run for re-election. 
And what is the Democrat Congress focused on? A kangaroo court hoping to distract the American people from the great pain they are experiencing. 17 months after the events of January 6th, Democrats are unable to offer solutions. They are desperate to change the narrative of a failing nation without even making mention of the havoc and death caused by the radical left just months earlier. Make no mistake, they control the government. They own this disaster. They are hoping that these hearings will somehow alter their failing prospects. A certain Democrat once said, it's the economy, stupid. Well, Democrats now seem to think that Americans are stupid. They are not. America is crumbling and Democrats have no solutions. Our nation has no hope of change for the better under Democrat leadership. People are desperate. Rather than solving problems, Democrats are rehashing history in hopes of changing the narrative. During my time in office, our nation was thriving, our economy was strong, and the price of gas was very low. Above all else, we were respected, perhaps like never before. America prospered under the Trump administration. The sham investigation... The January 6th Unselect Committee is a disgrace, is disgracing everything we hold sacred about our Constitution. If they had any real evidence, they'd hold real hearings with equal representation. They don't, so they use the illegally constituted committee to put on a smoke and mirror show for the American people in a pitiful last-ditch effort to deceive the American public again. Our Constitution protects the rights to confront accusers, honors the rights to fair trials, and holds the right to legal representation as paramount in our justice system. Equal representation and the opportunity to offer rebuttal evidence is fundamental in our legal process. The committee has obliterated those rights and is making a mockery of justice. They have refused to allow their political opponents to participate in this process and have excluded all exculpatory evidence or witnesses and anyone who so easily points out the flaws in their story. Make America Great Again witnesses were interrogated behind closed doors and ordered to not record their own testimony. Members of my staff, my friends, supporters, volunteers, donors were subjected to hours upon hours of inquisition, oftentimes having nothing to do with the January 6th. Their very lives were turned upside down for obvious reasons. They were told it was an ongoing investigation and any reproduction of the interrogation would be viewed as an attempt to interfere in the investigation. They were gagged, threatened, and in some cases ruined. Yet the unselect pseudo committee has coordinated with their media puppets to broadcast their witnesses on national television without any opposition, cross-examination, or rebuttal evidence. The American public has a right to know the truth and see every witness 
but these corrupt officials are trying to force feed the public with their politically opportune sideshow. What are the members of this treasonous committee afraid of? Why can't they let the countervailing opinion be heard? Why are they hiding evidence from the public and only showing information that favors the Democrats' tall tale? They're afraid of losing the narrative because their political opponents could easily show how the committee is lying to the nation and has stripped Americans of their rightful power. Democrats created the narrative of January 6th to detract from the much larger and more important truth that the 2020 election was rigged and stolen. Politicians from both parties, but mostly the Democrats, worked in conjunction with corporate elitists to strip Americans of our right to elect our own leaders. To do so, corrupt officials violated their own state laws. The separation of powers is designed to make sure that no officials become dictators by granting the authority to make laws with the legislature and execute laws with the executive branch. No one office should have complete power. It must be separated among different offices in 2020. Separation of powers went out the window. The state executive branch in both red and blue states decided to completely ignore state laws, make up their own rules, and execute them. In other words, they became the little dictators our Constitution was designed to prevent. They illegally inflated voter rolls, illegally allowed harvested and stuffed ballots, abused the use of mail-in ballots, physically removed Republicans from counting facilities, abused the elderly in nursing homes, bribed election officials with donations, stopped counting on election night, gave Democrats three extra days to harvest ballots, and demanded that the American people believe it was a legitimate election. This entire charade of the unselect committee is a brazen attempt to detract the public's attention from the truth. The truth is that Americans showed up in Washington, D.C., in massive numbers, but seldom revealed by the press, on January 6, 2021, to hold their elected officials accountable for the obvious signs of criminal activity throughout the election. Those who are supposed to be public servants are using the power of government against the people who entrusted them with that power. We have been betrayed. Since the unselect committee refuses to uh, allow their political opponents to participate in the hearings, the public likely won't hear from any from the many patriots who contradict the lies being broadcast, at least not in these hearings. That's key right there, guys, at least not in these hearings. This is all a ridiculous and treasonous attempt 
to cover up the fact that Democrats rigged the election and are siphoning Americans' freedoms and powers for their own benefit. Without the ability to have political, legal, or witness representation from conservatives in this kangaroo court, it's up to the American patriots to arm themselves with the information. This hearing is not about January 6th. It's about November 3rd. And here's what happened. Are you ready, guys? Because uh, this is information we are all very much familiar with. Absolutely. Uh, But it's going on record, y'all. It is going on record. Good Lord. Okay, so, uh, all right. Stop the count. On election night, America watched as my lead grew and grew over Joe Biden as I was set to claim another victory. By the morning of November 4th, the day after the election, I led by 700,000 votes in Pennsylvania, 300,000 in Michigan, and hundreds of thousands in Georgia, Arizona, and Wisconsin. Then the same little dictators who destroyed the separation of powers made the treasonous decision to stop counting. These same states who had counted millions of ballots in a single day had to stop counting in order to count a few hundred thousand ballots over the next four days to call the race on November 7th. Why would it take four days, four more days to count a few hundred thousand votes when they had counted millions in one day? They needed time to traffic the ballots and manipulate the outcome of the election. The swamp was so determined to keep their stranglehold on power that they delayed the results of the election so that they could find, manufacture, or produce more ballots after they knew how many they needed to beat me. They cheated. There's no reasonable explanation for why it took so much longer to count the few remaining ballots as opposed to the millions on election day other than they needed to traffic more ballots, and it took four days to produce the ballots and do it. They could not have done it without an elaborate ballot trafficking scheme. So let's talk about that ballot trafficking. Highly respected True the Votes, Catherine Engelbricht and Greg Phillips showed the nation exactly what the Democrats' illegal ballot trafficking scheme looks like. They spent years investigating election crimes and their hard work provided America with the indisputable proof so many had been waiting for. True the Vote cooperated with Dinesh D'Souza to produce the blockbuster documentary 2000 Mules, which provides video evidence of the ballot trafficking scheme Democrats have created. Engelbrecht and Phillips used geofencing data that they purchased to isolate and identify potential mules. Like drug mules in this context, mules are those paid to illegally traffic ballots from nonprofits organizations and drop them into the ballot drop boxes. The search criteria they used was to isolate cell phone data that had been to 10 or more ballot drop boxes while also visiting at least five identified nonprofit organizations during a two-week period. There's no legitimate reason for any individual to visit 
10 or more ballot drop boxes, why would anyone need to vote 10 times? Couple that with the idea that the same individuals were also visiting the offices of liberal nonprofits in the same time period, at least one whistleblower at uh, one of the nonprofits in Yuma came forward and confirmed that these organizations act as trafficking hubs for the mules to pick up the ballots to drop off at the drop boxes. One woman in Arizona has already pled guilty to a class six felony for participating in this ballot trafficking scheme. And Democrats are getting tax write-offs for this behavior. True the Vote and local law enforcement have the video surveillance showing the mules dropping many ballots into the drop boxes, which confirms the geofencing data that Engelbrecht and Philip had gathered. This is the same surveillance evidence that the FBI has used to identify January 6th protesters. In fact, the FBI has used this same type of evidence in 45 of the criminal cases against January 6th protesters. Yet, the dishonest media puts experts front and center to tell America the true, uh, that true the votes evidence is unreliable. It's the exact same evidence that FBI used against January 6th protesters. How can the evidence be an indispensable tool to identify January 6th protesters, but when applied to ballot traffickers, the science is unreliable and not precise? The hypocrisy is stifling. The swamp has blown the bottom out of how many, how low they'll go to deceive the American public in order to keep their vice grip on power. Thankfully, Americans are taking responsibility for what they believe and simply no longer believe the narrative. The truth is, according to Joe Biden, that the swamp has created the most extensive and inclusive uh, voter fraud organization in the history of American politics and it centers around ballot trafficking. So very interesting, isn't it? The math. The illegal ballot harvesting operation is an insult to the Democrat process, democratic process, but the kicker is the media feeding us the bogus line that this was the most secure election in US history. What a load of baloney. The data shows us how compromised the system was. The math shows us that it changed the outcome of the election. Looking at just the known traffickers, Engelbrecht and Phillips identified the 2,000 mules. We know they averaged 38 drop boxes, averaging five ballots per box. That totals to 380,000 legal ballots inserted into, illegal ballots inserted into the election via the drop boxes. We also know they targeted specific counties in order to impact the outcome of the election. Many of those counties were separated by only a few thousand votes. Based on the data, Georgia had 250 mules average, 24 drop boxes with five ballot boxes, um, totaling 30,000 illegal ballots. The margin of victory in Georgia 
uh, was only 11,779, meaning that ballot trafficking alone would have changed the outcome of the state. There was a lot of suspicious activity in Georgia, but the trafficking by itself was sufficient to change the outcome. Georgia's um, 16 electors should not have gone to Biden. A similar story occurred in Arizona. 200 identified mules averaged 20 drop boxes and five ballots each. That's a minimum of 20,000 illegal ballots. The margin of victory in Arizona um, alone was 10,457, meaning that uh, ballot trafficking alone was enough to flip the state. Uh, Arizona's 11 electoral votes should not have gone to Biden. True the Vote identified 1,100 mules in Philadelphia alone, each averaging 50 drop boxes, five ballot, uh, ballots per box. That's 275,000 illegal votes. The margin of victory in Pennsylvania was only 80,555, meaning the ballots uh, transferred... Um, the ballots transferred... <clears throat> oh, pardon me. I lost my place. Where'd I go? Uh, there we go. True the Vote identified 11,000 mules in Philadelphia alone, each averaging 50 drop boxes and five ballots per box. That's 275,000 illegal votes. The margin of victory in Pennsylvania was only 80,555, meaning the ballot trafficking scheme in Philadelphia alone was enough to flip the entire Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. The Commonwealth's 20 electoral votes should not have gone to Biden. Those three states show that the illegal ballot trafficking scheme alone sufficed to change the outcome of the election. But what about other states? Man, this is juicy, guys. This is juicy. I am probably going to publish this at thecreport.com because uh, fair use and uh, these are the words of our, our president here. Hmm. Did you guys know about this statement by any chance? I'm not going to tell you how long it is. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's, uh, let's, <laughs> let's, let's come to a point, okay? Uh, but can you imagine this, guys? Can you imagine this? President Trump releases this statement, and all of a sudden the shim-sham, flim-flam, bogus unselect committee has to start talking about election fraud and it being debunked and etc 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 because that from what i understand was not part of the game plan talking about the 2020 elections okay in fact i think they wanted to uh, avoid that at all costs uh but let's go ahead and uh, go through a little bit more of this <laughs> indeed guys this is quite the statement and uh i will I will most likely publish this at thecreport.com. Uh, but, but let's go ahead and uh, continue. Let's carry on here. So what about other states, ladies and gentlemen? Michigan had 500 mules identified, averaging 50 drop box, per visit, uh, drop box visits and five ballots per visit for a total ballot harvest of and traffic of 125,000 ballots. Biden's margin of victory in Michigan was 1,500, uh, sorry, 154,188 
ballots. That means the ballot harvesting scheme, at a minimum, narrowed the results so that the operatives at the polls only needed to manufacture a little over 29,000 votes statewide. We all saw as citizens in Detroit uh, protested outside. We all saw it as citizens in Detroit protested outside the TCF center because Republicans were excluded from the process in one of the most corrupt areas in the country. What were they doing inside? Did they discard Republican ballots? Did they print new Biden ballots? No one has been allowed to investigate in Michigan. Engelbrick and Phillips identified 100 mules in Wisconsin that averaged 28 drop boxes and five ballots per box. That's 14,000 illegal votes. The margin of victory was 20,682. That leaves only 6,000 votes for Democrat operatives to make up by either aiding Biden, adding Biden votes or discarding Trump votes. Or both, right? We know that Democrats abuse the elderly in nursing homes that easily could have generated more than 6,000 illegal votes, uh, likely more. They had to cheat in multiple ways to steal Wisconsin, but the evidence of foul play surpasses the margin of victory in Wisconsin by thousands of votes. With just Georgia, Arizona, and Pennsylvania, and there were others, the Electoral College vote would have been Trump 279 to Biden 259. But they cheated. And now look where we are as a country. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we made it about halfway through the document at a whopping 12 pages long. Uh, we'll post it at the Sea Report. I'll do it after the show in case any of you guys want to uh, spread it around, uh, share a link, or read it, uh, the rest of it yourselves, you know. Isn't that crazy, guys, how when crystallized, specific, in order, and, uh, you know, coherent, how crazy and damning all that information is, okay? That's just from the ballot harvesting, guys. That is from the operation that broke the wall, okay, for everyone, you know, all the people like I said at the beginning of the show, all the people who denied, all the people who couldn't fathom that there was any type of fraud in 2020, um, it, that it was rigged in any type of way, after watching 2,000 mules, everything became possible. Everything became possible. Every investigation, every discovery, and every story of fraud and insecurity of our elections every fathomable, fathomable um, reach became feasible after 2000 mules. So uh, pretty good stuff, guys. And now the EAC and its lack of accreditation for, you know, pro V&V &V and the machines to certi uh, certification is coming to the top, ladies and gentlemen. It's coming to the top. All right, so there you go. Oh, look, it looks like it was a bunch of footnotes here. Anyways. Okay, 
talks about Zuckerbucks and the Center for Tech and Civic Life, uh, talks about, uh, you know, uh, Democrats and uh, their cries for election security and, and uh, you know, for auditing, right, and, and lack of security in the machines. Hypocrites, they're all hypocrites, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, with this, with this document here, with this statement, with this whopper, right, this, this, this Moab of information, right? Because what do we keep hearing about President Trump, right? Oh, he lies, 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 the big lie. He's just been telling lies, you know, and, and he keeps pushing the big lie, the fraud, uh, we all know he's making it up. We all know that uh, there was no evidence found. Well, I mean, you, you can't make this stuff up, right? You cannot make up everything that has been discovered about the fraud and the lack of security of, of the elections. And it's highlighted in 2020. And it's being accentuated in 2022. Um, and it was prefaced uh, since at least, you know, 2002, right? You know, uh, since the hanging Chad situation, right? But they've always been stuffing the boxes. They've always been dropping ballots. You know, it's just now they uh, have uh, technology to give them the assist in the steal to fool the people. Uh, but yeah, you can't make this stuff up, guys. You cannot make this stuff up. Maggie Toulouse Oliver writing to Dominion, admitting on paper, in print, that uh, as of May 2021, they still hadn't certified the machines and the uh, VSTL still hadn't been accredited. You can't make that up, okay? You can't make it up. I mean, it's the easiest way out. If we had made it up, we would have surely put that on the table first, you know, because we could have decertified this mother a long time ago. Should not even have been certified. It should be nullified, right? We don't need to decertify. We need to nullify, okay? We need to nullify. We need to kick out every single person in office right now. We need to replace them either with... Uh, yeah, I'm leaning towards replacing them with an America first stand-in grassroots non-politician, right? Non-political career individual, right? Let's get uh, let's get a McDonald's worker who's America first. Let's get a uh, let's get a an administrative assistant. Let's get a dentist. Let's get a freaking farmer. You know what? Let's get a patriotic hobo to stand in place until they have new elections to with certified machines, right? Uh, and that's our clean slate there, guys. That is our clean slate. That's the only way you're going to save the Republican Party, guys. It's the only way. I'm telling you right now, there is no other way to save the Republican Party and to hang on to that glory, you know, tradition of Republicans and Democrats. There is no other way unless the accreditation hits the fan and they remove everyone from office. It's the moment we've been waiting for, guys. How many times have we said something along the lines of, we should just fire all of them, all, every single one of them, just get rid of every single one of them and replace them with a body of representatives and statesmen that will do their job. We've said, you know, and it's always been rhetorical. It's always been like, you know, it's always been uh, hyperbolic. But no, like we literally are standing at a threshold where we can do exactly that. Who would have thought 
that after decades of running our rhetoric and dreaming about replacing Congress, that we are actually at a point where it's in our reality tunnel. Like it's there for us to take it. But we have to be involved. We have to participate. We have to act. We have to self-govern. No one else is going to do it for us, guys. Not a single person in office is going to do that for us because that means they will be kicking themselves out of office. (laughs) We have to do it, okay? And it's going to be from the executive all the way down to the county commissioner, guys, all the way down to the sheriff, all right? And that is expansive. That is almost too hard to wrap one's brain around. But you know what? It's not hard for me to wrap my brain around it because we've been talking about this at the Sea Report since February of 2021, guys. Since we went on the air, you know, this is the mo- this is one of those moments, y'all. It's one of those moments. And I am just, I am just doing everything in my power to try and uh, make it feasible and and make it, uh, you know, what is that word? <laughs> what is that word? You know, to make it, it's, it's right in our reach, guys. It, it's, it's almost, it's almost solidified. It is, it is, it is totally like manifesting itself in front of us, you know, it's manifesting itself in front of us. It's, it's not a hack dream, you know, it's not something that is out of reach. The accreditation of these machines and the certification, I mean, the accreditation of the test laboratories that certify the machines, the certification did not exist. According to the HAVA Act, it has to exist. According to state laws, you have to follow federal laws and the HAVA Act for your state elections. According to the county commissioner's guidelines, you have to follow state all the way down. There is letters of law that can be followed all the way down, okay, to where this is a lawfully nullified election of unlawful certification or lack thereof. I mean, it's right there, guys. It's in our reach. You know, it's in our reach. So, you know, and uh, well, now you know why. (laughs) Now you know why the Shim Sham Flim Flam Committee was up in arms and uh, really, really, really busting out the victim card today really busting out those tears of opinions, right? Uh, but, but let's not forget one last thing, because <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the shim sham flim flam yet, guys. Um, President Trump did demand equal time, you know? He did demand equal time. And I'm pretty sure that this 12-page statement that we just went through about half of it is but a piece of what he has in store if and when the networks give him his equal time. You know, and so we've heard about the equal time. What on earth is he talking about? You know, okay, so here's an article. I demand equal time. Trump slams highly partisan January 6th hearings. What's it got to say? It says uh, Donald Trump called for equal airtime to present his side of the story surrounding the January 6th Capitol breach hours in the lead up to the January 6th committee's third tell. Oh, it was the third one. I was right. Third televised hearing on the night of June 16th. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Today was the fourth one. My bad. So anyways, 
the the uh, president took to his Truth Social account to post the midday statement. As the House Select Committee investigating the Capitol riot narrative was to lay out evidence and testimony following its year-long inquiry. It is a one-sided, highly partisan witch hunt, the likes of which has never been seen in Congress before, Trump wrote. I am hereby demanding equal time to spell out the massive voter fraud and Democrat security breach. Republicans have also repeatedly decried the hearings as partisan and unnecessary. The Democrat-led panel of nine representatives contains only two GOP members, both outspoken critics of Trump who had voted to impeach the president in January of 2021 and who were picked by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Old, uh, old, um, um, what do you call it, uh, uh, rims, you know, Pelosi. Anyways, okay. Uh, my old, uh, my old, uh, <laughs> my old nickname for the old uh, skeleton sack. Uh, during the third of six hearings expected this month, the committee claimed Trump had aided in escalating violence and put then Vice President Mike Pence life in danger during the January 6th Capitol breach, particularly emphasizing behind the scenes debates to halt certification of electors from contested states. Uh, the third day of hearings was broadcasted by TV networks, cable news channels, and online carriers. The committee held its first live stream uh, in prime time to a much wider audience, which isn't saying much, honestly. Uh, President Trump went on to say, The fake news networks are perpetuating lies, falsehoods, and Russia, Russia, Russia type disinformation. Same sick people. Here we go again by allowing the low-rated but nevertheless one-sided and slanderous unselect committee hearings to go endlessly and aimlessly on and on and on. The 45th uh, president, U.S. president, issued a 12-page rebuttal, which we just went through about half of, calling the House uh, January 6th committee hearings a smoke and mirrors show. Okay. So, we hear about this equal time. And, uh, you know, I really wonder if this is something that they're going to pull off. Now... According to FEC laws, you know, it is something that could definitely happen. Um, how that is going to cause the trajectory of the rest of these hearings to go, I don't know. It's very interesting, you know. It's very interesting because um, even, even today's witness panel of deceptive, treasonous, lying skags you know, even they seemed ill-prepared, you know, for what they uh, the proceedings were for today. Uh, but let's take a look at this equal time rule just to clarify for those who are still um, foggy about what exactly we're talking about. It says, uh, for the cable news show, uh, see equal time TV program. So the equal time rule specifies that American radio and television broadcast stations must provide an equivalent opportunity to any opposing political candidates who request it. This means, for example, that if a station gives a given amount of time to a candidate in prime time, it must do the same for another candidate who requests it at the same uh, price if applicable. Um, it goes on to say, the rules originate in um, SS uh, 18 of the Radio Act of 1927, 
which established the Federal Radio Commission. It was later superseded by the Communications Act of 1934, with the FRC becoming the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission. A related provision in uh, SS315B requires that broadcasters offer time to candidates at the same rate as their most favored advertiser. The equal time rule was created due to concerns that broadcast stations could easily manipulate the outcome of elections by presenting just one point of view and excluding other candidates. Well, you would think that, uh, you know, they might have uh, guessed what almost a hundred years later that they would have a shim sham flim flam unselect committee uh, kangaroo court propaganda proceedings uh, thanks to uh, the uh, repealing of the uh, Smith Munt Act in the NDAA of 2012 um, that uh, this propaganda can get out here but you, you, uh, propaganda aside what defeats propaganda at every turn ladies and gentlemen why truth, of course, ladies and gentlemen, will always burn through propaganda and lies and deception. And uh, so as long as this, uh, you know, um, uh, FCC guideline is still in place, I don't see why he shouldn't get equal time, right? I mean, come on. Gotta give him equal time. Uh, the equal time rule, as I stated, was created due to the concerns that broadcast stations could easily manipulate the outcome of elections by presenting just one point of view and excluding other candidates. There are several exceptions to the equal time rule. If the airing was within a documentary, bona fide news interview, scheduled newscast, or an on-the-spot news event, the equal time rule does not apply. Since 1983, political debates not hosted directly by a station or network are considered news events, and as a result, they are not subject to the rule. Usually, these debates are coordinated through a third party, such as the Commission on Presidential Debates, a state broadcaster's association, a newspaper independent of a television station network, or the League of Women Voters. Consequently, these debates usually include only major party candidates without having to offer airtime to minor party or independent candidates or inflammatory candidates who intend only to disrupt the proceedings. Talk shows and other regular news programming uh, from syndicators such as Entertainment Tonight are also declared exempt from the rule by the FCC on a case-by-case -case basis. The equal time rule also can prove to disrupt regular entertainment programming. In the past, Ronald Reagan, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Donald Trump had their past programs and films removed from broadcast as they campaigned for political office. Dr. Mehmet Oz declared his candidacy on November 30th, 2021, for the Republican U.S. Senate seat in Pennsylvania, thus forcing television stations in Pennsylvania and surrounding states to drop his daily syndicated talk show from their schedule uh, as part of the equal time rule and forcing Sony Pictures Television to line up alternate programming. Continued carriage of an entertainer's programming would have placed those stations in the position of offering the same hour of time to the other competitors in a political race daily, uh, no matter the party. SPT and Oz 
since uh, decided to discontinue the show entirely, replacing it with a lifestyle and food show hosted by his daughter Daphne, in which he will not appear. The equal time rule was suspended by Congress in 1960 to, per to permit the Kennedy-Nixon debates to take place. And uh, let's see here, something about the fairness doctrines. The equal time rule should not be confused with the now defunct FCC fairness doctrine, which dealt with presenting balanced points of view on matters of public importance. The Zappel Doctrine, part of a specific provision of the Fairness Doctrine, was similar to the uh, Equal Time Rule, but applied to different political campaign participants. The Equal Time Rule applies to the political candidate only. The Zappel Doctrine had the same purpose and requirements of equivalent coverage opportunity as the Equal Time Rule, but its scope included the candidate's spokesmen and supporters, not the candidate. So there you go, guys, a little bit of understanding on the fair use doctrine. Now, the only thing that I could see them using as a technicality against President Trump in his seeking equal time is that he is not yet a declared candidate in a race. And this also does not necessarily have an opponent, so to speak, uh, this, uh, you know, shim sham flim flam, right? Um, so I, I could imagine they would use that as an excuse not to be able to use equal time. And I absolutely do see uh, President Trump and his team wanting to use the equal time clause, right? To um, totally blow up the shim sham flim flam fake proceedings, guys, which I think is a thousand percent doable, especially since we already went through that uh, half of that 12 page document that's going to show all of the election uh, lies. And of course, we have tonight's C report, which is going to totally debunk today's shim sham flim flam uh, January 6th unselect committee into the uh, uh, hearing into the false flag capital riots that took place, ladies and gentlemen. All right. With that said, guys, here we are. January 6th, Unselect Committee hearing on the false flag, Capitol riot, deception, fabrication, and embellishments. A panel of some of the nastiest and unworthy, treasonous Americans ever to be born or seen by the face of God, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it was just... You know, I was very well intrigued, but I, you know, I guess I, I guess I, um... I guess that I'm easily amused, I guess you could say, guys, uh, because where people just see this entire thing is just, uh, why even waste your time? I'm like, cause guys, like, uh, we got Raffensburger, you know, we got, uh, we got Andrea Shea Mawson and her mama, Ruby Freeman, you know, we got, uh, we got, uh, we got Rusty Bucket Bowers, you know, they're calling on all of these witnesses uh, that, you know, quite frankly, are like the characters that I talk about almost ad nauseum sometimes, it seems like, when we're going through the election uh, integrity stories and the election fraud exposés, etc. And uh, it, there, of course, was that uh, most uh, fun, most fun uh, opening that we did with the show today from the uh, John F. Kennedy uh, Center uh, Awards. Uh, and that was, uh, what, what was it? Uh, 
courage, uh, wait, profile in courage, right? Uh, of course, <laughs> we're talking about these fools right here, this panel of dishonorable lying witnesses. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, in the center, we have one Wandrea Shamos with the rattiest weave I've ever seen, wearing a, a nude allusion to an award ceremony for the John F. Kennedy Presidential Library and Museum. What trash, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, she's being flanked, uh, or should I say she's, <laughs> she's being Eiffel Towered by uh, Bradford Rottenberger and, uh, you know, Pee Wee's Francis, otherwise known as Gabriel Sterling. And, uh, you know, uh, we're not even going to worry about Rusty Bucket Bowers today, guys. He's, uh, he's just a figment of some terrible person's imagination that just came out and croaked all over the place today during this uh, uh, shim-sham, flim-flam hearing. And, uh, but, but let's talk about these guys. Uh, let's talk about this panel of vipers, of devils, of serpents, of demons, of just... Uh, these people have absolutely no... Honor. You saw how they were during the hearing today, guys. You saw they could not remember their lines, except Brad Raffensperger, because he has been saying the same lie since November 3. And, you know, in fact, that reminds me, I actually forgot to pull the uh, the report by, uh, who is it, Ryan, uh, Ryan Knight or Stone, whatever the name of their little panty boy recorder was that was taking notes there on the ground. I could pull it up in a minute, but, you know, Raffensperger, Rottenberger, okay, he perjured himself in so many ways today, particularly since he said that uh, the videos from the um, State Farm Arena were but uh, an urban legend, spread by the lying liar Donald Trump, the devil deceiver himself, right? It's like uh, everything from his mouth is nothing but lies, right? And uh, yet they reference these videos and suitcases the entire hearing just about. And, well, we have the video, guys. So, you know, you don't got to take my word for it. You don't got to take uh, President Trump's word for it. You can take your own eyes' word for it. So yeah, this will be a treat for everyone who is not hanging out back in November of 2020. This will be a treat for everyone who is not yet a member of the audience here at the Sea Report. Uh, or those who didn't get to see the uh, court hearings um, that were uh, taking place in November and December of 2020 particularly the one in uh, Georgia. Well, of course, they're going to have all of that video footage for you. But before we get to that, ladies and gentlemen, why don't we just take a moment uh, to uh, focus in on the trash, nude illusion-wearing, ratty-weave, lying fraudster, Wandrea Shea Moss, okay? Uh, this is going to be kind of painful for you guys. I know it is. I know it is because, uh, after all, who wants to hear a lying liar talk and receive some kind of accolade that they obviously don't deserve? Um, do I, 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 should, I should play the intro for you guys again, I'm thinking at this point, uh, because I know more than half of you guys were not here to see the opening, okay, of this, uh, of this proceeding. 
So let's do that. Um, so th this is this way you guys can can grasp the magnitude of fraud and dishonor that this Wandrea Shea Moss is a part of. You know that she is a body member of, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, it's ridiculous, guys. It is ridiculous. So we'll play the opening. Okay, of the, uh, this is, again, the officially, and we reported the story of, uh, about a month ago when it actually happened. Um, uh, the John F. Kennedy profile encouraged defending democracy reward or award. And if you guys don't remember who received this damn award, okay, it's, it's, it's a profile in dishonor, okay? And uh, the trash fraudster, Andreas Shamos, is in... Uh, like company. Let's just say that. She's in like company. Okay. Uh, you guys probably, I don't know if you guys remember my rant when this thing came out, but uh, well, here we are, guys. Enjoy. Only a few generations have been granted the role of defending freedom in its hour of maximum danger. I do not shrink from this responsibility. I welcome it. I do not believe that any of us would exchange places with any other people or any other generation. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And the glow from that fire can truly light the world. <laughs> Shim sham flim flam, like profile in dishonor, guys. You saw that Zelensky? Zelensky? Really? A war criminal, right? Uh, uh, someone who's violated, I don't know how many human rights. He gets a profile in courage for saving democracy? Yeah. Oh, oh, and, and then let's not forget, of course, Wandrea's, uh, Wandrea's chairperson, Lizard Cheney, also on the list. Rusty Buckethead Bowers, you know, I mean, they're all here. I mean, it's almost as if though they were like, uh, we're going to put these guys on the uh, January 6th Unselect Committee. Let's not forget they had a year to get this thing together, right? Yeah, they just got the award in uh, May, okay? So j just to give them a little bit of prestige, you know, just to make it look like, oh, everything's on the up and up here because after all, you don't give an award to someone who uh, who's lying and broke the law and committing treason, do you? Of course you don't. Anyways... So uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to absolutely just totally uh, spoil y'all's night by uh, making you listen to Wandrea Shea Moss, ladies and gentlemen, in her nude illusion. Right? What kind of trash is she? She uh, absolutely no respect. Clearly, this thing does not come out into the public quite often. Right? Um, <laughs> I'm so bad. I hope you guys are enjoying the show so far. We are on hour number two just about here. And uh, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. It's good to be back with you all after my absence and illness uh, last few days. But uh, we're back. We're back. Real quick, uh, Special Patriot 72, good evening. How you doing tonight? Thank you so much for donating a thousand gold pills. Awesome. You are amazing. I appreciate your generosity and uh, also your presence here. 
Always fun. Hey, WC Cranop, what's going on? Good to see you in the audience tonight. Also, bro, glad you are joining us. Hope you're enjoying the show. Nas fan, good evening. Welcome, and thank you for gifting the phone. I appreciate that so much. Thank you very much. Uh, Nas says, you are on point, Mr. C. Great presentation of facts with humor. You are a true patriot, brother. Oh, we... I'm just doing what I can. I'm just doing what I can. I'm just doing what I can for the moment, right? For the moment. Um, uh, but thank you again. I appreciate the phone. I appreciate reaching out and getting in touch there. WC Cranop donates uh, 201 gold pills. Thank you so much. Sevens are always good. Hey, seven is a good number. And uh, Slug Trail with the cookie awesomeness. A little bit of sweet at the end of that there. They award the thieves to help them help pump up their lies. Remember Obama's peace award before bombing seven countries? Yeah, his Nobel Peace Prize and then go and destroy the seven or eight countries. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was insane. That was insane. Uh, Nobel Prize is just not what it uh, used to be revered as. I guess we'll say that. Okay, guys. All right. Hold on to your lunch. Hold on to your dinner or go get a shot of something. <laughs> Go get a COVID shot. Go get a rabies shot because uh, we got Wandrea Shamos coming up. And, uh, well, why don't, you know, if you guys, uh, some of you guys saw the hearing today. Why don't we see if uh, we can, we can uh, pick up on her, her, her acting uh, uh, inability, right? Like uh, some of her uh, intonation, uh, some of her uh, gestures, word fluctuations, tone fluctuations, She's she's fake and she's a terrible actor, right? Especially when she's got to bust out the fake cries, right? Yeah, right. Wandre Shamos. She's like, my weave is just so ratty and this dress doesn't fit. Work quietly to make the system work year in and year out. But when elections are close or people seek to undermine the result, our entire system depends on their professionalism and integrity. In 2020, she found herself on the front lines, targeted by threats of violence against herself and her family, yet she continued to do her job. The announcement of this award brought additional threats on her life. It's an example of her bravery that she's joining us tonight. Please welcome 2022 Profile and Courage honoree, Shay Moss. <laughs> job. Even if that usually meant waking up way too early. <laughs> usually if that meant waking up too early and coming home way too late. I'm used to helping people in my corner of Georgia vote. And <laughs> thank you. 
and um, making sure their voices are counted and their votes are counted. And I know this is what you might call the unglamorous behind the scenes work, but I'm used to that. So for more than 10 years, I had a job I loved and I was really good at my job too, but it wasn't easy. It's work that required patience for sure. Um, it required commitment as well. The kind of commitment that doesn't mind long days, long nights, checking, double checking, getting everything right and you're on a tight deadline. It also required treating every voter with respect and appreciating just how important it is to make every voter feel heard and valued for our community and country. Until recently, <laughs> I didn't realize it required courage too. Um, I read a quote from John F. Kennedy that brought it home for me. He said, what really counts is not the immediate act of courage or valor, but those who bear the struggle day in and day out not the sunshine patriots, but those who are willing to stand for a long period of time. So. <laughs> Thank you, absolutely, amen to that. A decade of standing up, <laughs> but um, it all changed for me overnight. Ever since December 2020, my family has been under attack. Attacked because people have spread terrible lies, sorry, lies about me and my mother, simply because we were doing our jobs, doing the work our democracy requires day in and day out. My mom and I have both heard the worst kinds of threats and harassment. Um, many of those were just openly racist, and they were from people who don't even know us. They don't care about our dedication and who seem to just hate everything that we are and everything that we work for. So none of this has been easy, not even standing before you tonight. But I am so grateful for those who have been standing with me, who have been standing up against these threats. I'm grateful for my mom and my son, Ende, who are here with me tonight. Uh, I was hoping that they would show um, Ruby Freeman's weave, right? Like, is it like 10 feet tall this time? Or did she shave her head? Or what color is it? Because her, we her weave is different in every single video I've ever seen her in. <laughs> That's a uh, that's that's shady Ruby Freeman, you know. My mom is one of the strongest people I know, and we wouldn't be here tonight if it weren't for her bravery and courage. I'm grateful to my legal team, including Von DeVos, who's also here tonight. Together with my team at Protect Democracy and all the other attorneys, we are using the law to even the scales against hateful and dangerous lies. I'm grateful for all the hardworking journalists who are committed to pursuing the facts. I'm 
I'm so grateful for all of you, my fellow honorees. Each of you took a risk for something much greater than yourselves, um, for country, for democracy, for rule of law. But I wanna give a special thank you to all the anonymous election workers out there, the ones that are doing the heavy lifting our democracy depends on, far from the spotlights. Tonight, I represent all of them, all of those hardworking people with incredible courage to do the job and do it right. As President Kennedy said, our goal is not the victory of might, but the vindication of right. I wanna thank the John F. K. Library Foundation for all the work that they do and considering me all the way down in Georgia for this award, thank you. There she is, guys. There she is. It's Ruby Freeman. She's got a magenta weave on tonight. And, you know, you'd think, you know, considering that she has at least uh, a decent gown on, she would uh, teach her daughter a little bit or something about uh, appropriate uh, attire for these types of events. <sighs> I mean, come on, guys. You know, hey, hey. Wandrea, Wandrea, keep Kennedy's words out your mouth. <laughs> Wandrea, hey, keep Kennedy's words out your mouth, right? <laughs> How dare you? How dare you say, Wandrea, that you're fighting for uh, freedom and uh, hell, I'll even say it, democracy, right? Oh my goodness. That's terrible, guys. Okay, so I, 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 everyone, you may unclench your buttocks, you know, you may put down your barf bags. Uh, we're done with that. I just, I wanted to show you guys, like, the, the extent that these people go to just to validify, validate, right, all of their own crap, right? You know, it's just like, uh, it's, it's just like, uh, you know, uh, the way they... Uh, Take 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 uh take the leaking of information for example. Oh well, you see, um um the uh the three letter agency leaks the information to the reporters, and then the reporters report the story, and then the three letter agency said that the reporters confirm, thereby validating their own crap. Oh oh well, you see, we first we get them to uh, be fraudulent in elections and break the law, and then we give them an award because they were brave enough to do it. But uh, of course, we're not saying that they broke the law. They they defended democracy because uh, Donald Trump is a fascist, and everyone knows if you have a fascist in office, then your democracy uh, just dies. So uh, all convoluted, right? All all a stretch of thought. Um, but, but all wrong, very wrong, very wrong indeed, ladies and gentlemen, very wrong indeed. So, you know, during this hearing, uh, we have, um, uh, let me put the, let me put the piggies back on the screen here. We have these three witnesses. Okay. These three witnesses, we're not really going to touch, uh, like I said, we're not going to touch Rusty, Buckethead, Bowers, because we'll get tinnitus or tinnitus, whatever. <laughs> I saw it in there. Uh, we're not going to really touch this Gabriel Sterling guy. Well, we're going to poke him a little bit. 
but we're not going to jump in depth into him because he just, he just stinks, y'all. He stinks. He is clearly a Democrat operative. I don't care that he is a congressional staffer for the uh, Georgia GOP. I don't care that he is a Republican working in the Secretary of State's office alongside Bradford Raffensperger. Um, it doesn't matter. He's an operative. They're all operatives. Bradford Rottenberger is an operative. Now, you guys know I love calling out my rhinos, right? But what is it that I have always said about Brad Raffensperger? I have always said he is not a rhino. He is a Democrat in rhino's clothing, okay? Well, Specifically, I said he's a Democrat in Republican clothing, but let's just clarify to quantify exactly what we're looking at here, guys. These are all operatives, okay? They are all Democrats, okay? They are all Democrats. They are not Republicans. They literally are Republican in name only, like literally rhinos, but not because they're, they're, well, because they're Democrats, not because they're uh, living uh, high on their own hog and uh, just not doing the will of their constituents, but being a conservative, you know, stick in the mud. No, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about literally, literally, okay, literally Democrats. Um, so, uh, uh, of course, you know, the, the phone calls being reviewed during this hearing, uh, several phone calls, in fact, you know, which I say if uh, Trump gets his equal time, just play the videos, you know, just play the videos. And uh, they gave Trump six days. It's going to take 14 hours to get through all of the uh, State Farm Arena film. Okay. Now we're not going to go through 14 hours of it, obviously tonight, but we are going to look at the video. In fact, uh, let's pull that up now. Oh, well, well, look at what we got here. Okay, so now this was a big thing. Now, this is Bradford Raffensperger's Urban Legend, okay? Which, all of a sudden, if anyone actually paid attention to him and remembered that he told all of the press and local news in Georgia, it's, uh, it's an urban legend. It didn't happen. There were no suitcases. In fact, there's no video. <laughs> well, I mean... I'm sure his mama remembers and she's probably like, oh, Bradford, you lied. <laughs> oh, Bradford, you lie. Anyways, this is analysis of the State Farm Arena uh, security camera during the Ruby Freeman, Wandrea Shamos incident, okay? Uh, where we see them pulling the suitcases out from under the tables. Uh, we see... Uh, Three or four other election workers besides Ruby, Wandrea, and Ralph Jones. Okay, now Ralph Jones was the elections manager who promptly resigned after the 2020 election. Now, during the hearing, what is it they're saying? Uh, you can clearly see from the film that uh, uh, well, Ruby and, and, and Wandrea and, and Ralph just feel terrible that they told all of their election staff that they can go home for the night and then they find these uh, ballots under the table. And I'm like, <laughs> I haven't seen this footage in months and I know that that crap does not happen. I mean, clearly... These are the ones that got paid just a little bit extra, right? These are like, these are like their shift supervisors or these are like their, I don't know, their talent scouts, right? For, for happy smiley faces, right? Don't, don't forget smiley faces. 
contracted that's uh, Stanky Abrams' little hiring firm that uh, somehow uh, the Georgia state government seems to employ in all of their offices, in all of their positions. It's a Stanky Abrams uh, employee, guys. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy how that happens? So, you know, uh, Stanky Abrams is making a pretty good dollar off of, you know, the uh, taxpayer money, you know, because all of that, of course, goes into her her temp agency, Smiley Faces, and then Smiley Faces gets the contracts throughout the entire state of Georgia, okay, or at least the capital. Uh, but yeah, no, that's who these people are, you know, and this is, this has been my number one question. Maybe not my number one question, maybe like my number three or four question, like one of those questions that sometimes I ponder about at night as I'm drifting into sleep, uh, how much more money did people like Ralph Jones, Wandrea Shamos, Ruby Freeman, and these shift supervisor people, how much more money did they make as a paycheck, right? Like what was their, what was their, um, you know, what was their salary, you know? And did that money, did even one blue penny of that money come from the Center for Tech and Civic Life, Zuckerbuck's money? I would really like to know, you know, because uh, they had to get the vote out, guys, and uh, they had to hire people to work during COVID, and, uh, you know, with the Zuckerbucks money, it was the safest and most sound and secure election ever, you know. Anyhow, let's take a look at this footage. Uh, I'm going to play it the whole way through. Um, it's not 14 hours, I promise you guys. Uh, because I want those who have never seen this before, because obviously they're not showing this during the committee hearing. You know, this would be the perfect opportunity, right? Uh, what do they say, Bradford Rottenberger? You know, a picture's worth a thousand words, a video's worth a million, you know? So uh, you didn't have to just, you know, paint the picture. You could have proved it by showing the video yourself. But you know what, Bradford? You destroyed your copy. So that's why you probably couldn't do it. But besides, you know, uh, I'm sorry, Shifty Shift. You know, Shifty Shift wrote this entire episode, right, that we saw today. He wrote the entire episode. He wrote, he wrote everything, I guarantee it, every single word that someone on the panel spoke and a lot of the words that were coming out the mouths of these, um, these uh, dishonorable witnesses. All shifty shift. I mean, just look at the word choice. Just, just look at the, the, the cadence and the diction. Like, all of it, all of it sounds like Adam Schiff, okay? So let's look at this, ladies and gentlemen. We'll play, um, um, we'll play this uh, video here of the, um, the fraud that occurred. And, and uh, while I'm doing that, I, <laughs> I just got like message bombed on uh, Twitch by uh, the Avenging Pineapple Returns. All right, guys, enjoy this uh, footage here. It is actually from the uh, November 2020 hearings that they had. Uh, so there will also be some... Um, there will also be some uh, commentary on it, okay? So the Republican observers said they were the last people to leave State Farm Arena along with the Fox News crew, excepting those four people. So what you're going to see, look at the ladies in yellow. You'll see that they will begin to stay still 
doing nothing, ostensibly not working, because after all, they said they're going to stop counting. They will wait until the witnesses over there in that roped off area, the press and the observers, leave the room. Then you'll see them move into action and begin scanning ballots. Okay, so I think what we can do now is fast forward to about 11. Do you see them? Yeah. Okay, there, there they walk. They're walking off. But the ladies in yellow are still there. Yes, keep your eyes on the lady in purple and the two in yellow and the woman in the blue apron with blonde braids because those are the people who stay behind. Okay, so what you're going to see happen at about 11 o'clock is once everyone is gone, coast is clear, they are going to pull ballots out from underneath a table. Watch this table. So actually this will take a few minutes, but we did not know when we first watched this, okay, is it normal to store suitcases of ballots under a table, under a tablecloth? Is that how they run the place? Maybe this is what they've been doing all day. Maybe this is what they're doing under all the tables. So we went back and watched the videos of a team of us. We don't see that. What we see is typically you're going to find ballots, you know, back in this corner or coming in through a door and then they get moved and circulated throughout the room. And it can get a little confusing because they have these black containers of ballots. They have the US Postal Service containers. But what we're trying to do when we determined that there were being ballots being pulled out from underneath this table is, you know, what was the chain of custody? Where did they come from? Who put them there? When did they put them there? We only reviewed this at about one in the morning last night for a couple of hours. So we're going to need about 14 hours to watch it carefully because we fast forwarded through it several times um, and could not find that particular frame. But here's what we can tell you for sure. At about eight o'clock in the morning, we're going to roll this back and show it to you. There you go. So now they're going to start pulling these ballots out from under this table. This table, the black one, was placed there by the lady with the blonde braids at about 8.22 a.m. in the morning. So she put that table there. So the same person who's staying behind now, the same person who cleared the place out under the pretense that we're going to stop counting, is the person who put the table there at 8.22 in the morning. Yeah, I saw four suitcases come out from underneath the table. Yeah, upper right hand, you see the gentleman in the red. So he just pulled one out. So what are these ballots doing there, separate from all the other ballots? And why are they only counting them whenever the place is cleared out with no witnesses? Is the question. So these machines can process about 3,000 ballots an hour. You have multiple, multiple machines there, and they're there for two hours. So you do the math. How many ballots went through those machines in those two hours when there was no one there to supervise, to be present, consistent with your statutes and rules, to supervise the tabulation? We believe that could easily be, and probably is certainly, beyond the margin of victory in this race. Because if it's only three scanners working for two hours, right, that's 18,000 ballots that went through. So we're now at 11.09. There were, in addition to the four workers that you see there, 
there were two other people who were bringing ballots in and out. Uh, the, the gentleman in red that you saw, and then a second person, I can't tell if it's a male or female based on their uh, hair being pulled back in their mask, but in any event, that's six total people. And so if we were to sit here for the next two hours, what we would see is that this operation just goes on and on and on. They're scanning until about 12.55 in the morning. So we kept the, the uh, video running. And, you know, we can show you the people who gave us the affidavits reappearing at that time, just as they said, around 1 a.m. to find out, are they in fact counting after they told us they would stop working or not? Um, and we will fast forward to that. But have you all seen as much as you'd like to see of what's happening here? I think I, so. I think you basically get the idea. Unless any member wants to see more. Are you have any questions? No. no, let's go ahead. Okay, so let's fast forward to about 12.55 in the morning. Okay, so it's updated to 12.50. You can see these people are still there up in the upper right-hand corner. Basically, they've wrapped up. This is the end of their operation. They've now completed about two hours of unsupervised tabulation of ballots. So now you're going to watch them leave. And let's fast forward to, um, let's go to 1.30. I think it's between 1.30 and 1.45 is when our two witnesses come back. They had to fight through security to get in there, but they did. And they say in their affidavits that two different people affirmed for them that people have been counting from, you know, 10.30 when they cleared out until about approximately five minutes before they arrived. And they have the names of those people who told them that. Okay, now we're looking at, what is that, 1.42 in the morning. Is there a way to fast forward a bit or make it go a little faster? Okay, there are guys right there in the lower left-hand corner. So they've now returned to State Farm Arena, having heard from the press that they had continued counting because they wanted to see for themselves that that was really happening, uh, which was a complete contradiction to what they'd been told by at least one person from uh, Fulton County, who's an employee and spokesperson, and also the lady in the blonde braids we spoke about earlier. Um, and so they see for themselves. And from this, we get the affidavit. I don't read the name of the lady in the blonde braids, um, they simply gave a description to us, and you can, you can make out clearly who she is based on the people in the, in the film. Um, lady in the blonde braids, halfway down her back, is the person who yelled out, everyone leave and stop counting. Um, I believe Ms. Waller is the uh, spokesperson for Fulton County Elections, who, was, who remained behind the other two people. They don't have names for them. They just said they were older women, and one of them had the name Ruby across their, her shirt somewhere. And that's as much as they know about who those people were. Um, but, so our guys go in, they look around, they ask a few questions, and they leave. It is from their affidavits that we even knew to ask about this. And you might recall that the press reported there was, like, I suppose, water break or water main break or pipe break or whatever. And this was an excuse for people clearing out a State Farm arena. It's not clear from the affidavits I saw, whether or not that was the reason given by the election official or whether they gave any reason at all. They just said, stop, 
we're leaving. We'll be back at 8.30. So I don't know if that was a play here or not. Um, okay, can we back up to 8.22 a.m. in the morning, same frames, because we wanted to know when did that table get put there? Who put it there? When did the ballots get put there? Who put it there? Okay, so 821. You'll notice the table's not there at all. Here it comes. There's the table going in that we're talking about where the ballots were obscured. That lady who's moving it is the lady with the blonde braids. She's dressed differently in the morning, so it took us a while to figure out that's the same person that you see at night with the blue apron on who's yelling for everyone to leave and who stays behind to help tabulate ballots after they've all left. So I can see that she's the one who chose to place that table there, close to the scanners. And so the video is still under review. We need to spend hours reviewing carefully how those ballots got there. But we can tell you that it appears to be an aberration from how the other ballots were handled in that room throughout that day. So that's the gist of it. Do you have any questions? Fulton County Chairman Rob Pitts testified in a committee earlier today that the water break occurred <clears throat> at 6.07 a.m. and was repaired by 12.07 a.m. 8.07. Two hours. 6.07 until 8.07. And that the water main break did not disrupt the work of the whole room that his example was that if we were counting ballots working in here and the water main break was in the back or the, the leak, um, that we would just simply move out of the way of the, the, the leak. So he um, testified this morning that the leak occurred at 6.07 and was repaired by 8.07 a.m. From what I'm saying here, I don't see anybody moving around to avoid a leak. Yeah. Um, he did state that the leak was greatly exaggerated and that it was not like wiped out the whole place. But um, I just thought that might be. I mean, the water leak, according to the oh. commission chairman, was at 6.07 a.m. I'm told that we have a video that it was a toilet leak and not a water main break. Um, but I know that Mr. Pitt's name was mentioned in one of our affidavits, and our witness says that he was physically present in this room clear up until everyone was made to leave. So presumably, if he was in the room at the time, they made the announcement he would be a witness to that. Um, he was one of the last to leave, but he did leave in front of our witnesses, before our witnesses. And of course, they called President Trump a liar about the whole water main toilet thing uh, today as well. But uh, th during this hearing with signed affidavits, clearly, uh, they knew then it was exaggerated and, uh, no one was scurrying trying to save ballots from moisture or exposure in any of the video that we just saw. So, well, you know, there you go. Who's telling the truth? Gee, I wonder, right? Uh, one more for your eyes to decide, not my, uh, not my puffery. <laughs> uh, this is, uh... What do you call it? Uh, this is zoomed in footage of the uh, double and triple and quadruple stuffing of the ballots. Uh, that's a brief explanation of what we'll be looking at. And this is a much shorter video. So uh, let us uh, jump right in, ladies and gentlemen.
The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the sea report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to 4.99 per month to 9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for the Sea Report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm/theseareport. And thanks y'all. The black one was placed there by the lady with the blonde braids at about 8:22 a.m. in the morning. So she put that table there. So the same person who's standing behind now, the same person who cleared the place out under the pretense that we're going to stop counting, is the person who put the table there at 8.22 in the morning. Yeah, I saw four suitcases come out from underneath the table. Yeah, upper right hand, you see the gentleman in the red. So he just pulled one out. So what are these ballots doing there, separate from all the other ballots? And why are they only counting them whenever the place is cleared out with no witnesses? Is the question. So these machines can process about 3,000 ballots an hour. You have multiple multiple machines there and they're there for two hours. So you do the math. How many ballots went through those machines in those two hours when there was no one there to supervise, to be present, consistent with your statutes and rules, to supervise the tabulation? We believe that could easily be, and probably is certainly, beyond the margin of victory in this race. Because if it's only three scanners working for two hours, right, that's 18,000 ballots that went through. So we're now at 11.09. There were, in addition to the four workers that you see there, there were two other people who were bringing ballots in and out. Uh, the, the gentleman in red that you saw, and then, a second person, I can't tell if it's a male or female based on their uh, hair being pulled back in their mask, but in any event, that's six total people. And so if we were to sit here for the next two hours, what we would see is that this operation just goes on and on and on. They're scanning until about 12.55 in the morning. So we kept the, the uh, video running and you know, we can show you the people who gave us the affidavits reappearing at that time, just as they said, around 1 a.m. to find out, are they in fact counting after they told us they would stop working or not? Um, and we will fast forward to that. But have you all seen as much as you'd like to see of what's happening here? I think so. I think you basically get the idea. Unless any member wants to see more. Or you have any questions? Yeah. No, let's go ahead. Okay. So let's fast forward to about 12.55 in the morning. Yeah, well, there you go. So you had your uh, close-up view of that footage. Now, um, to cor cor corroborate what you guys just saw, 
Uh, here's some fun information that maybe some of you all don't know or don't remember. Uh, Voter GA, that's right, the election integrity group um, headed by Garland Favorito, uh, sought access to the ballots for a number of months uh, and finally just flat out got told no. They're not going to be able to get access to the ballots. However, they were given access to the electronic ballot images. So um, what did they find in one of their reports? I believe dating back to, I don't know, I think it was February, no, 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 March, April, June uh, of 2021. Uh, That was in their investigation by reviewing very low resolution copies of these electronic ballot images. They were still able to determine that multiple ballots were exact duplicates of each other, which seems to suggest to me that Garland Favorito saw electronically the handiwork of Andrea Shamos and Ruby Freeman in real life. Translation, you know what I mean? So uh, they're using the same ballots, running them, running them, running them, running them. Maybe they have an errant pen mark. Maybe they uh, filled in, uh, you know, the bubble a certain way. Then you end up with four or five ballots with the exact same inscriptions and markings. This is what Garland Favorito found. Some of them even had the same serial numbers on them. So, uh, and this, this is what they found just looking at electronic, uh, electronic ballot ba- uh, images. Uh, and even with this information, the courts still refused for them to see the ballots. The courts still refused for them to get a higher resolution ballot image. Disgraceful. Get rid of all the rhinos. Get rid of every single one of them, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, we got one more video, and then we're going to put Ruby Freeman or Wandrea Shamos to bed, y'all, because... She's got a curfew, right? It's Juneteenth. She got to go. She got to get home. Okay. So uh, the video that we're going to show now has to deal with the USB transfer. If you guys remember, uh, they're like, uh, can, could you tell us the exact painful and uh, terrifying emotions, Wandrea Shamos, that you experienced when they uh, threatened you? for having transferred a USB from your mom to you. You know, they didn't even mention this third character you guys are about to see. What is it that, what is it that Wandrea said it was, right? They're like, so what did your mother hand you, Wandrea? And she was like, a Mrs. Butterworth, you know, I don't know, whatever, some candy. I don't know what she said. Uh, she said she, her mom handed her some kind of candy, right? Handed her a... Uh, Handed her a bottle of hot sauce, you know? No, you guys can see it. You guys can see it. You don't got to believe me. Believe your own eyes. I've never seen a candy caramel that is uh, oblong and white (laughs) and looks like it's made of plastic. It's not taffy, okay? It's not saltwater taffy is what I'm saying. And if it is... That is not what uh, Wandrea, the fraudster, Shea Moss, said today during the January 6th unselect committee hearing into the false flag Capitol riots. Uh, let's take a gander. Looking at this video from a Fulton County poll worker and the Fulton County, Georgia supervisor of registrations. 
And so what we're seeing here is Ruby Freeman and her daughter, Shay Freeman Moss, in what appears to be the concealment and transferring of a USB hard drive on election night while they were counting votes. So I'm going to go over this video. I have it in slow motion, and we're just going to break it down real quick. So this is Ruby Freeman right here, and you're going to see that she starts the chain of events. She grabs the USB, then what appears to be USB, I should say. Then she then passes it to Shay Freeman Moss here, who's the supervisor of registrations. Ruby Freeman is the one you've seen on all the videos, and you saw um, pulling ballots out of the beneath a table at the State Farm Arena. She was the one pulling them out there and you could see it clearly. So she's going to pass what looks to be a USB to her daughter, Shay Freeman Moss. And then a third unidentified male comes up and then she passes that to him. So let's check it out and watch this in slow motion. So there's the third guy. He comes up. He's in the view of the camera. He stands around for a little bit. You see... Shay starts to look around as her mom reaches back. So right here, she starts to reach back. You're going to see Shay start maneuvering, eventually look in this direction to see if anybody is watching. You're going to see him looking in that direction as well. So there she goes. They're both looking this way. She's reaching right here. She just grabbed something. She's looking over here. He's looking out there. She just grabbed something right here, right? Clearly something in her hand right there. Grabs it. Her hand curls up, holds it, turns around, puts it in her chair. You see this? He's constantly, constantly looking. looking. She's, She's looking. looking. Okay, I'm pausing it because I want you guys to see the shape of this thing. It is clearly not a Butterworth toffee thing candy. <laughs> Whatever it was she said it was, it's not a caramel candy, okay? You can see it. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and mute the video here. And it'd be really cool if I could get it like a little bit bigger, but I don't think I can. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Let's see. Uh, uh, okay, no, we can't. All right. Okay, so. You can see it. Look it. Do you see it? Okay, it's coming up right here. Do you see it? Do you see that right there is not a toffee worth or whatever the hell the candy she said it was. That's clearly not what that is. Look. We'll rewind it a little bit again, just so you can see it. Do you see it? It's that thing right there. Let me rewind it a little bit more. Okay, here it comes. It's coming into frame. Bam! It makes its appearance. It bobs up and down. She's shaking it out. Oh, she look at. You don't grab a top uh, a Butterworth like that or whatever kind of candy. Okay, look. You see it? It's white. It's thin. It's oblong. It looks like a USB drive. If I had to guess, it could be a cigarette. I mean, but uh, why would they have to go through all of that for a cigarette? I wonder. Okay, 
we'll continue. Right. She still has it right here. This whole time, his hands are in his pockets. He starts to do the ah, stretch where, you know, you put your arms up. Starts to do that stretch. She stands up. Takes it from in her hand right here. As he takes his hands out of his pockets, you see her reach around and slide it into his pocket. So he does the the fake yawn, the fake stretch, the the you know the middle school. I'm gonna put my arm around you during the movie. Uh, fake stretch right here. You see her hand coming up, slides it right in there. Now let's look again. You see her hand, not just by his pocket, but you see her finger open up for the release right there. Check that out. Right there, you see the finger release. Drop it in. And we're moving on. They didn't think they'd get caught, guys. They didn't think they'd get caught. NBC signing out. Okay, so now you all have officially seen this footage that they were referencing today. I mean, not that this is going to be earth shattering or it's going to change the entire, you know, uh, scope of this investigation. But, I mean, there you go. At least you can say you saw it yourself. Maybe you'll maybe you have a, a Democrat friend that was like, did you see the hearing? And you'd be like, yeah, I saw the actual videos that they didn't show. Maybe. OK, so now we get to the crowning uh, victory for tonight, guys. We're right about to wrap it uh, because I have been saying several, several times that uh, these people are operatives, that they are Democrats. Right. And, uh, you know, I don't make stuff up, y'all. OK, ah. Bradford Rottenberger, Secretary of Snakes, the most unpopular and most failed Secretary of State in Georgia's history. Okay. Somehow managed to win the 2022 election by margins similar to his, uh, his, his daddy, Brian Kemp. Really? Really? I mean... If you if you want to cheat, at least make it believable, right? That's what I would say. Anyways, so uh, let's talk about this uh, consulting firm from Atlanta, Georgia. We've uh, reported on this story, uh, I believe, like I said, July of last year. It is a firm in which uh, they actually run Democrats as Republicans, okay? Not only do these losers award their thieves and frauds and liars with awards to validate their, uh, you know, lies, they, uh, uh, this is getting systemic, ladies and gentlemen. This is getting systemic. If they're doing this in Atlanta, what makes you think they're not doing it in other cities around this country, okay? What makes you think that your Republican Party is actually a party of genuine conservatives. Hmm. All of a sudden, that EAC, lack of accreditation, lack of certification, and replacing all of them might sound a little bit more appealing, a little bit more palatable than in the past. 
check this out, guys. So this is from the Georgia record. I would put it in immersive, but uh, it only gives me a copyright law when I do. So we'll have to uh, deal with all of the annoying ads that are in this uh, article. Landmark Communications, the Republican political consulting firm in Atlanta that runs Democrats as Republicans, some say with ties to Chinese Communist Party. Let's dig in, ladies and gentlemen. Let's dig in. It says here, Landmark Communications of Atlanta, Georgia, bills itself as the go-to firm for GOP candidates and... Sorry, guys. I am... What the heck? I'm trying to get this uh, text right. I guess that's going to have to do. Okay. Uh, So it says, it's the uh, go-to firm. Lordy almighty. Okay. The go-to firm for GOP candidates to get elected in Georgia. The founder, Mark Roundtree, says this about himself on Landmark's website. Uh, and it has text from the website here. Um, it says, Mark Roundtree is president of Landmark Communications Incorporated, which he founded in 1991. Campaigns and Election Magazine, uh, Elections Magazine has recognized Mark as one of Georgia's five top influencers, as well as the go-to man for the GOP legislative candidates. Unfortunately, Landmark has a history of helping Democrats to get elected running as Republicans. This phenomenon may have contributed to the absolute cesspool of corruption in the Peach State when it comes to the performance of Republican officials during the 2020 election cycle. Some of these candidates have ties to the Chinese Communist Party. We believe there has been a concerted effort among Democrat operatives to do just that infiltrate the GOP and run progressives as Republicans who are lying about their beliefs and views on the issues. All of the information below is publicly available information. Okay, so uh, we're going to go through a couple of candidates and then we'll get to our star candidates, Raffensperger and Sterling. Uh, Now, there was this individual named Nazira Daywood, uh, Dawood, and... (laughs) If any of you guys remember this story, y'all were laughing your butts off because of what happens to her. Okay, so Nazira DeWood, she ran for the Johns Creek, Georgia City Council in 2015. Johns Creek is a bedroom community of North Atlanta, now heavily populated by Asians. Nazira is an Indian immigrant and Landmark uh, represented her during the JC, the uh, Johns Creek election cycle in 2015. She was a member of the Republican leadership program when she qualified for post five in Johns Creek. Nazira advertised herself as a fiscal Republican, tough on taxes, a woman with Republican family values. She was defeated for the position after information showing the complete opposite was released to the public. She was removed from the Republican leadership program after this development. Um, Nazira is uh, the founders. Uh, oh, Nazira is in the founders photo below of the event Tacos, Beers, and Abortions, sponsored by the National Asian Pacific American Women's Forum. Uh, Nazira is obviously not a conservative. It was. Only it was also found out during the election that Nazira is not a medical doctor. 
So uh, here is, uh, I guess, a screenshot for uh, tacos, beers, and abortions, because they all go hand in hand, right? And I guess Nazira is uh, in uh, one of the people in this photo uh, that's far too small to uh, see. Um, and, uh, oh, here it is. The founder's photos for the Asian women who like tacos, beers, and abortions. And this person right here, that is Nazira, okay? So here's Nazira. She's the, uh, Republican values, right? This woman has, okay. It gets better, guys. It gets so much better. Okay. Um, let's see here. Okay, moving right along. Uh, there she... Uh, let's see if we can find Nazira. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. That's a lot of tacos, beers, and abortions in that picture. Okay, so uh, this is more articles. Oh, actually, uh, here she is right here in the uh, the members list of this uh, here. Dr. Nazira DeWood has a master's degree in public health from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. All right, well, we're just going to leave that there. I'm not real interested in that. I am interested in this, guys. I, uh, it, it is going to be an absolute delight playing this again. Okay, so this is a video from Nazira's husband, okay? <laughs> and now get this, guys. Her husband basically is so pissed off because she's uh she's someone in the community now and uh she doesn't cook or clean anymore and he just wants his wife back home so <laughs> he records this video nazira totally outed by her spouse okay check it out it's so funny oh i can't i don't want to download it okay whatever whatever okay here we go guys i want y'all to see this it's hilarious I think you'll get a kick out of it. Hi, my name is Jay Raja Weisberg. Uh, people call me Raja. Some people call me JR. Both is fine with me. And I am Nasira Dawood's husband. And uh, I'm here uh, to tell you a few things about Nasira Dawood and why she is not qualified to be on the city council of Johns Creek at this time. Nasira entered politics based on uh, lies, you know, in the sense she was pushed into it by some Democrats in South Fulton. And then she had evolved. Now she says she's, she's become a Republican, a conservative Republican. But the thing is, she's really not what she says. She's not a fiscal conservative. She's not a moral conservative. Uh, she's not a leader. Uh, she's none of that. I love my wife. I love my children. I mean, I love them very much. And I want to do the right thing. And that's the reason I've been telling her to stop lying. Everything she says is a lie. The personal stuff she put, it's all uh, stories that she fabricated. She's been doing that for a while now. Um, the stuff about uh, pay to place, plus, and the rest of the stuff. Well, what, what Mr. Bodker told her. Uh, so basically, she's a puppet being groomed by special interests. Uh, Nazira doesn't own property in the city of Johns Creek. She has nothing. She's been, she has moved three times just this year to three rental properties, including an apartment. Does she write? No. People write it for her. Everything she puts out, the newsletter she sends out, is she done by her? No. People do it. Other people do it. Can she honestly 
sit in front of somebody and debate? Can she answer questions by herself? No. Now Mr. Bodker supports her and he's been telling her what to do, what to say, and he's been helping her writing a lot of stuff. Like, I mean, I was right next to her when she was on the phone while he was dictating her on how to respond to the AJC uh, League of Women's Voters uh, Guide. And uh, he was telling her about uh, this plast, how to do, uh, how to answer the pay to play and, uh, you know, you, you, and the rest of the stuff. This is a person who is a puppet. I mean, who has no ideas of her own, who will just do whatever to please people she thinks are famous, who will advance her, uh, give her new titles. She's, 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 she loves titles. Nazira told me that Mayor Bodker personally helped her raise more than $10,000. Okay, and he's still uh, helping her raise more money. Uh, and uh, these are people Nazira does not have a clue about. She doesn't know them, but they are help sending a lot of money to her campaign. And the next disclosure that comes out, you will get to see it. I have no clue why these people are helping her and why Mayor Botker is so interested in getting Nasira for the council. Why? Uh, I have no clue. To me, family is very important. I put my family first, my kids first. I love my wife. I love my kids. And I want to do what is good for our family. Okay, not what is good for politics, not what is good for getting fame and, you know, fortune like that. I'm not into all that. I just want the right person to do the right job. And I don't think Nazira is cut out for that. We have to do what is good for the city. Okay, and what is good for the city is not Nazira right now. <laughs> oh my God, that is classic, classic, good American family values, breaking up, breaking up the progressive, destructive uh, lies and deception, right? Uh, Nazira is not the person for the job. Nazira cannot do the job. It's, that is great. That is probably one of the best clips I have ever seen in my life, right? It's so candid. It sounds so harsh, right? Like it sounds like he's just bashing his wife. He sounds like a chauvinist. He sounds like he, he has no faith in her as a human being. <laughs> it's great. It's great. I mean, we know that's obviously not. He's like, damn it, woman, I want you home taking care of the children. Oh, WC Cranop, thank you for the 123 gold pills. 123 SKG, thank you for the 117 gold pills. Much appreciated. Hope you guys are enjoying the show. Uh, it looks like Slug Trail is, damn, outed by your own household. That is just great. That's great, right? That is great clip. I mean, that is gold that is so gold right there um okay so let's uh let's carry on with more of these candidates that this landmark communications consulting firm runs uh, as republicans okay now the next person is actually uh number three in the secretary of state's 
office, okay? A woman by the name of Jordan Fuchs, or I mean, if you want to be crass, I guess you could call her Jordan Fuchs, right? Jordan Fuchs, Georgia. <laughs> uh, Jordan Fuchs, um, and she is the Georgia Deputy Secretary of State. Oh, she's number two in the Secretary of State office. My bad. Deputy Secretary of State. So Jordan Fuchs right beneath Brad Rottenberger. <laughs> I need to stop that, but it is, uh, it is in the dark, I guess, you know, anyhow, so Jordan, see Jordan Fuchs, okay, uh, it says, uh, Jordan Fuchs, the Georgia Deputy Secretary of State who leaked the phone call with President Trump and Secretary of State Brad Rottenberger is a former vice president of Landmark, oh, oh, she used to, she used to run Landmark herself, what do you know? Fuchs lied about the phone call to the press and then deleted the original audio, which was later found by an investigator, of which we listened to the entire uh, dialogue. Uh, so there's Secure the Vote. Secure the Vote. Jordan Fuchs, Georgia Secretary of State, former VP Landmark Communications, Republican consulting firm, Proud Mommy. Um, and, uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, okay. So now here, so now you guys, now that, that was her role. That was her role during this whole ordeal with president Trump that, uh, their radical progressive DA is trying to, uh, trying to rein him in on Jordan Fuchs is the one who leaked it. So I, does any more of an explanation need to be made? Hmm. Let's take a look at Rottenberger. Uh, Georgia Secretary of Snake Bradford Raffensperger was also represented by Landmark during his elections. Uh, this morning, Georgia Secretary of Snake's candidate, David Bell, David Bell Isle, I guess I should say Secretary of State candidate David Bell Isle, released data on Democrat contributions to Raffensperger's campaign. The behavior of Raffensperger since November 3rd has been bizarre for a Republican to say the least. Um, more to come on that in another article. So uh, this is David Bell Isle. And uh, as I recall, this graphic was teeny tiny. Okay, so that's why there's really bad resolution on it. Uh, but it does say here for immediate release, July 21st, 2021, uh, Raffensperger reaps liberal cash rewards Left-wing out-of-state donors flood Raffensperger's coffers as paybacks for election ineptitude. Um, Alpharetta, Georgia, Secretary of State candidate David Bell Isle today exposed bad Raffensperger's, uh, bad Raffensperger's new dirty little secret. He has become the darling of the left after his incompetence in office put Georgia in the Democrat win column last year. According to his recent campaign finance disclosure, 24% of Brad's total donations came from out-of-state. 72% of out-of-state donors gave to extreme liberal candidates and causes. Brad's contributions from Democrat donors totals uh, to $52,528. And of Brad's far-left donors, some of their biggest contributions also went to Joe Biden, John Ossoff, Ralph Warnock, or Raphael Warnock, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and the Lincoln Project. The left either sees Brad as one of their own or is willing to pony up big cash to keep an incompetent in office to bolster their chances at the polls, Bell Isle said. Uh, no matter what you believe happened in last year's election, it is clear as water 
that Raffensperger was way out of his depth and that seems to be just fine with Biden, Ossoff, Warnock, Obama backers. Running a campaign in a Republican primary fueled by Democrat dollars is not going to pass muster with GOP voters. Brad should either return this money or switch parties, Bell Isle concluded. And uh, attached is also a spreadsheet of Raffensperger's newest financial backers and a glimpse at their past donation history. So, well, there you go. There is some bad or good bad information on Raffensperger coming to the forefront there. Uh, more to come in just a moment. Let's take a look at another uh, candidate, Craig Kidd, another Democrat run as a Republican. Craig Kidd was the non-paid volunteer campaign manager for Nazira DeWood during her candidacy in 2015. So you just know he's going to be marked, right? Kidd was also the vice chairman of the Fulton County GOP at the time. Kidd was forced to resign after he was found using uh, uh, Johns Creek uh, public resources to insert progressive candidates on the Johns Creek City Council. Uh, much of Craig Kidd's time, or yeah, Craig Kidd's time during city hours using city property was spent scouting Democrat candidates to run for Johns Creek City Council seats, reported the Johns Creek Post at the time. So there's another one, and then it says uh, Johns Creek Mayor Mike Bodker was Mark Roundtree's fraternity roommate in college. Craig Kidd worked for Mike Bodker. So it is also an incestuous consulting firm, apparently. Uh, Final candidate to review um, a gentleman by the name of Jay Lin. It says, um, Landmark also represented Taiwanese immigrant Jay Lin, not his Asian name, in his race for Johns Creek City Council and follow-on race for a Georgia state representative seat. We have written extensively about Jay Lin here. Jay Lin somehow made it onto Governor Brian Kemp's transition team and was appointed to at least three other government board positions in Georgia, including one with influence over the Savannah port. In 2015, Jay Lin paid Landmark $65,000. This was a city council race, a lot of money to say the least. Jay Lin also ran as a conservative in Johns Creek. However, he had a reputation of not showing up for meetings, not paying attention, and voting opposite of Republican views. Jay Lin and Nazira Dawood held political event events together as they both ran for Johns Creek City Council in 2015. Bradford Raffensperger's wife donated the max to Jay Lynn's campaign for state representative, and Raffensperger helped push Jay Lynn and Nazira in 2015. Bradford Raffensperger is on record saying he had to support Jay Lynn because he owed the Chinese community for his previous elections and fundraising. The man below next to Brad Raffensperger is Yale Zhao. Yale was Jay Lin's um, campaign manager. On Chinese social sites, his nickname is Old Money. So there is a uh, blurry and low-resolution photo of uh, what seems to be a young Bradford Raffensperger. Maybe not so young. And uh, Old Money himself. Mm, Very interesting, huh? Very interesting. Yale's son was 
uh, at student, was a student at Harvard. So Yale went to Harvard. No, just kidding. Yale's son went to Harvard University. He is shown below in an article he wrote where he declares that if his mom had stayed in China, she could have been quite high up in the central government. That would be the Chinese Communist Party. See the first sentence in the article from the Harvard Independent. Very interesting, huh? An elite diaspora, a lost generation of Chinese leaders. You know, Willie, if your mom had stayed in China, she probably could have been quite high up in the central government. Interesting. Okay, so uh, they have a link to the complete article. Uh, so they reached out to Mark Roundtree at Landmark Communications, but uh, there was no response. This is from the Georgia Recorder again. And, uh, well, I mean, let's talk a little bit about Gabriel Sterling, all right? The Francis wannabe from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Gabriel Sterling, Georgia Secretary of State Handyman, Congressional Staffer, and Vice President of Landmark Communications. Now, this is the guy that you saw on election night plus 20. No, just kidding. Plus four or five that kept saying, uh, this needs to stop. People are going to get hurt. This is out of control. You know, he was the press guy, this guy, who works for uh, Brad Raffensperger on the Republican Party in the GOP of Georgia. Uh, just a real quick on his biography. Gabriel Sterling has been employed at the Georgia Secretary of State under various capacities since 2019. From January 2019 to November 2019, he was its chief operating officer, from 2019 to 2020, he was a full-time voting system implementation manager there. Huh. Interesting job. Voting system implementation manager. So you want to make sure that they're implementing the wrong software in the Dominion voting machines or that uh, no one's paying attention when someone hacks into them remotely. Hmm. In addition, uh, he has uh, been functioning as its chief operating officer, chief financial officer since January 2021, and as an interim director at Professional Licensing Board since February 2021. Uh, Gabriel Sterling is an American politician who has been working at the Georgia Secretary of State um, under various capacities. Uh, Gabriel Sterling is an American politician. He also, he holds diverse titles as a congressional staffer, a political consultant, a marketing professional, a Sandy Springs city council member, and several positions within the Georgia Secretary of State's office. Furthermore, he was enthusiastic about participating in election-related campaign gigs from a very young age. His early political experience entails his engagement in Bar Lad's State House campaign, the Bush Quail presidential campaign, Coverdell for U.S. Senate campaign, and Norwood for Congress campaign, and many more. Uh, we're not going to read his entire bio, obviously. I just want the uh, landmark quote here uh, so you guys can see that. Don't really care if he worked for Gingrich or anything like that. Oh, where are you at? Where are you at? Campaign gigs and uh, participations. Nope, 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 nope. I must have it on the next slide. Oh, well, here's this. Um, 
From 2006 to 2011, he was the vice chairperson of Sandy Springs Hospitality and Tourism Board. He served as vice president of Landmark Communications of Georgia Incorporated from 2005 to 2012. Subsequently, he served as the councilman on Sandy Springs um, City Council from 11 to 18. And uh, from 12 to 19, he was the president of the SSH Incorporated. So there's his landmark history. Gabriel Sterling. Something definitely smells rotten in the state of Georgia. And it's not that barrel of rotting peaches, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's check this out real quick. There's there's Francis in action, right? Telling, every, telling the members of the press to shut up. It says, uh, two recordings of conversations between President Trump and officials in the Georgia Secretary of State's office are at issue in a growing controversy. Both played a major role in stoking a narrative about Trump trying to steal the election by throwing out ballots. The first uh, conversation was made on December 23rd, but it was not released until last week in the Wall Street Journal. That recording prompted a mammoth correction from the Washington Post, which in its original story erroneously reported that Trump told investigator Francis Watson to find the fraud and that she would be a national hero if she did. Uh, and we saw that during the hearing today, guys. Uh, the person who gave the erroneous quote, quotes for the December 23rd story has been identified by the Washington Post as Jordan Fuchs, Deputy Secretary of Snakes of Georgia. She gave an interview to the Post's Eric Wemple on Tuesday, telling him, I believe the story accurately reflected the investigator's interpretation of the call. The only mistake here was in the direct quotes, and they should have been more of a summary, she continued. She continued, I think it's pretty absurd for anybody to suggest that the president wasn't urging the investigation, investigator to find the fraud, Fuchs added. These are quotes that Watson told me at the time. When the recording was published by the Wall Street Journal, they noted, when the Post first reported on the call, state officials said they did not believe that a recording existed. Officials located the recording on a trash folder on Watson's device while responding to a public records request, according to a person familiar with the situation, who spoke on the condition of anonymity to describe the internal process. Wonder who that was. As for the original erroneous characterizations given by Fuchs, if she was truly concerned about illegal pressure being applied on the phone call, which Watson claims she did not feel, she could have gone to law enforcement and preserved the call record. Instead, she went to the Washington Compost, and the recording was put in the trash. They secretly recorded the phone call, mischaracterized its contents to the news media, and then attempted to destroy the recording. It is confidence-shattering, David Schaefer, chairman of the Georgia Republican Party, told TAC. Fuchs' involvement in the December 23rd incident has led many to assume she was the source of the leaked recording from January 2nd as well, also published by the Washington Compost. Two sources told TAC that this was, in fact, the case. The only three people on Raffensperger's side of the January 2 call were Raffensperger himself, General Counsel Ryan Germany and this Fuchs individual 
Fuchs also had an existing relationship with one of the Post reporters whose byline was on the story. She refuses to acknowledge whether she recorded the call on January 2. Mark Roundtree, president of Landmark Communication, tells TAC. That's what she's hiding from. Uh, the American conservative. Uh, that's what she's uh, hiding from. A second source who works in Georgia politics also identified Fuchs as the source of the January 2 recording. She hid from both, but the Washington Compost has outed her for the first call. The question now becomes, will they out her for the second call? Roundtree told the American conservative. Roundtree, uh, Roundtree's firm has employed as vice presidents both Fuchs and Gabriel Sterling, the COO of the Secretary of State's office, who became the face of pushback against the Trump campaign's claims of fraud in Georgia. Roundtree also helped run Brad Raffensperger's campaign for the office in 2018, so these are all people he knows quite well. Fuchs allegedly told another former Landmark employee that she was traveling to Florida on January 1st. Florida is a two-party consent state, so if she is the source of the recording and it was recorded there, she may have violated Florida's wiretapping law. Fuchs did not respond to questions about her location that day or whether she was the source of the recording, which we're left, uh, which were left on um, read for about 12 hours. Gabriel Sterling also did not respond to the same questions. When she worked here, she was obsessed with the Washington Compost. You'd walk by her office and on her monitor was the Washington Compost all the time, Roundtree added. She obsesses about the post. And she feels like people who are not in the Washington Compost are not important. She somehow got charmed and obsessed when she worked as an intern in Washington, D.C. for a year. I think she just became enthralled with the idea of dirty politics going Woodward and Bernstein and Nixon. The Washington Compost ran the original story on January 9th, alleging that Trump said, find the fraud, and that the Georgia investigator Francis Watson would be a national hero if she did. They have since corrected the story to reflect Trump's real words and identified Fuchs as the source. The Secretary of State's office could have corrected the record when it was initially reported incorrectly by the Post in the midst of a heated election debate, but they did not. Numerous other outlets uh, ran with the story based on the same anonymous sourcing. If Fuchs was not the source of the leaked recording, that means there is more than one official in the Georgia Secretary of State's office who is leaking in a politicized way. That means the office has bigger problems. Raffensperger. Bigger problems indeed, y'all. Bigger problems indeed. But uh, I don't know. Something tells me the problems are going to get pretty big for Raffensperger. Especially when this fraud comes out that's been uncovered in the 2022 primary because of sheer arrogance and hubris. Now I'm just going to reset my clock because uh, we are in the final stretch, guys. We're just going to talk about uh, Raffensperger's connection to the Chinese. And we are calling it a night. Lord knows my soul is tired. Okay. And super stoked to have you all along with us for 
this a reprisal um, that debunks the flim flam shim sham unselect committee that we had today. Always good to have a reprisal type episode, you know, and reprise some of the stories we might have forgotten. Who knows? Maybe it'll catch this time. You never know. You never know. Let's focus more on this very, very worried Bradford Rottenberger, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Bradford and the Chinese. Uh, Caught on tape, Brad Raffensperger begged for Chinese votes. Georgia has a Mancurian Secretary of State question mark. Uh, I think this is from the Georgia record also, is it? No, this is from the National File. Okay. All right, National File. Let's see what you got to share with us this evening. There's Bradford and Long Duck Dong. <laughs> Just kidding. That's not Long Duck Dong. Uh, that is Yale Shao, I believe. Uh, Georgia Republican Secretary of State Bradford Rottenberger was placed into office in Georgia House of Representatives in 2015 by a powerful network of Mandarin-speaking Chinese people in the United States of America. National File has obtained video of Raffensperger speaking at an event with Mandarin-speaking Chinese people, begging the Chinese people to get him more than 100 votes to secure his victory in the election, which he ended up winning by 159. A Mandarin-language newspaper that actively coordinates with United Front, a network controlled by the Chinese Communist Party, even explained the strategy to place Raffensperger into office by use of absentee ballots that could be obtained by one Chinese person and distributed to others. Raffensperger is trying to stop Communist China's geopolitical foe, President Donald Trump, from gaining a proper accounting of the votes in the 2020 presidential election. Now, there's some food for thought, huh, folks? Apparently, Bradford is not new to the absentee ballot trafficking and harvesting schemes. It seems he might have had some practice. Uh, The article continues. Uh, Here is a link to a Mandarin language article. And here's a link to Raffensperger making a call in Mandarin Chinese, thanking the Chinese for election, electing him to the state legislature in 2015. We'll hold on to that one for just a moment. So uh, this Mandarin language article from 2015 in the Atlanta America Chinese Life publication at americachineselife.com, a publication supporting Democrats in the January 2021 Georgia U.S. Senate runoffs. This newspaper actively coordinates with United Front, a Chinese Communist Party network, as evidenced by this article documenting their meeting. The article about Raffensperger's election in the United State, oh, in the United Front linked newspaper can be translated into English via Google Translate, Go Ogle Translate, and states the following, emphasis added. One of the reasons why we did not participate in elections in the past was that one more vote, one less vote, has no effect on the results of the election. This time is different. In the first round of election, there were only two candidates left in the 50th district of the House of Representatives, where Johns Creek was located, Brad Raffensperger and Kelly Stewart. They are all conservative Republicans with almost the same political opinions. 
Only 2,500 of the 25,000 voters in the first round voted. Brad was only 26 votes behind Kelly. Brad took the initiative to approach the Asian community to understand and listen to our voices. He visited the Chinese Dance and Culture School in the city center the previous weekend. Last Saturday, he visited the Atlanta Modern Chinese School with more than 500 students. On Sunday, he hosted 30 Chinese at home to talk about his ruling philosophy. As a city councilor, he also participated in the award ceremony of My Boy Scout team and spoke on behalf of the city government. According to statistical calculations, we only need 100 Chinese votes this time to determine the outcome of the election and make Brad a victory. He will represent our voice in the state legislature in the future. We have already boasted about how high co with about Heiko with him and guaranteed 100 votes. This is an excellent opportunity for us Asians to show their strength. Your vote has never been so important. Election day is Tuesday, February 3rd. If you can't vote in person on the day of something, I can apply for an absentee ballot for you. After you receive it, you can fill in and send it out. Due to the tight mailing time, if you need, please email me at... Ping mortgage. <laughs> Ping. In addition, in the municipal council election in September this year, Chinese people are likely to stand for election. Thank you for your attention. Zhao Yu. Note, Georgia law forbids people applying for absentee ballots for other people, except if the person is out of the county temporarily, or if the person applying is a direct relative of the voter. Then they have a 2017 article in which the same Chinese language publication brags about handpicking Raffensperger for office, stating, After a month of hard work and help from the Chinese, he finally won the final election. Shun aroused fighting spirit. So I and Brad reported the number of Chinese votes every hour. In the end, Brad won the victory. The numbers we quoted are very close. Obviously, the Chinese votes played a key role in winning. And uh, they have video of Raffensperger speaking at the event following a Mandarin speaker begging the Chinese people for votes. Uh, the link does not work. Ooh, let me jump out of immersive, guys, because I want to see if we can catch Brad Raffensperger speaking Mandarin. Um, let's see here. Oh! Looks like we do! Okay, hold on. Let me, uh... We'll only play one of the videos, okay? Just so you guys can clearly see, Bradford is very talented when it comes to other languages. Oh, let me exit full screen. And, uh... Alright, Bradford, speak ding-dong-ching-chong to me. Let's go. Okay, so this is clearly his begging video. Um, I want to see the Mandarin one. Hold on. Still married, and last year her husband and her were traveling to Europe for a couple of weeks and still travel. She's just an amazing person. Um, and so I just respect someone that you know, works at something for so long 
finally became mayor when she was 84, 85 years old. <laughs> you know, something like that. And then finally just retired this uh, past year. Tremendous, tremendous lady. So, uh, also, some of you may not be registered, and if you aren't registered, you can't vote in this election. But you can vote in the He's not speaking group. Mandarin. Also, some of you may be going out of town. We brought applications today that you can fill out. We even give you envelopes with a stamp on it, and you can fill it out, and then the uh, Board of Registrar, Board of Elections, will send you your absentee ballot, and then you can just fill it out and then send it back to them. So uh, we brought that today. Uh, I hope I earned your vote. What I really am looking for is I'm looking for 100 votes in the Chinese American community. I don't want, I'd love to have 1,000. But you know what they say, out of little acorns, you know, great trees grow. And so, but 100 people, and what we, we are doing with our friends is we're actually sending postcards. A, a friend of mine, uh, Chris Padilla, uh, Chris is uh, Indian American, he just got on the board of zoning appeals. Uh, Bob Gray uh, reached out uh, and their friends, and Bob got him on the board of zoning appeals. Let me see if he busts out his Mandarin. This time one of us this time one of us No, he sure doesn't. Okay. So let's go ahead and capsize this. Uh stop your fidgeting, Bradford. Oh, here's more of uh Raffensperger speaking at the Did it not say he spoke in Mandarin? It did, didn't it? Uh Oh, no, it says following a Mandarin speaker. Anyways, all right, well, you saw him grovel. <laughs> I guess that's what's important, right, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> that's what's important. Courting the communist Chinese, this Raffensperger is doing. Not bueno, ladies and gentlemen, not bueno at all. Okay. All right, uh, let's go ahead and uh, wrap this up, guys, because my energy is starting to dip. Um, photos of when he begged. Oh, I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Uh, why did I think they had a camp story in here? No camp story. Uh, okay. Uh, no, there's... Ah, well, there's that. <laughs> yeah, so apparently the Chinese, Democrats... Uh, let me find out Kemp is a Democrat you know, running as a Republican. Anyways, guys, uh, this fraud's going to bust wide open in Georgia. I have a good feeling about that. Um, but, you know, uh, as for tonight, it was just fun um, debunking the uh, Flim Flam Shim Sham January 6th Unselect Committee hearing on the uh, false flag Capitol riots. Um and sometimes it's just a job that needs to be done again and again and again. But uh, it was absolutely my pleasure. <laughs> and I hope you guys enjoyed your time tonight at The Sea Report. Please make sure you visit us over at thecereport.com. Uh, adding more content to the website. Follow us at Truth Social at MRCTV. Follow us at Gab at MR underscore CTV. And uh, check out the podcast as well.
where you can get uh, tonight's rendition of the Sea uh, Report on podcast. You know, they say it's a lot safer to listen to your uh, news than it is to watch it while you're driving. And you can definitely take advantage of that quality at anchor.fm slash the Report. Or search for The Sea Report on your favorite podcast player, your favorite music player, your favorite radio player, widget app thing. Uh, we're on most of them, ladies and gentlemen. Anchor.fm slash The Sea Report if you want to find out where we're at or just uh, search for us, like I said. Uh, all right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for The Sea Report. It was a pleasure and a joy hanging out with you guys again. I'll try not to get sick again, but, uh, well, you know, uh, one cannot qualm with nature as much as one might want to. Let me get these rats off this screen. What am I thinking? We can't do an outro with them on this. There we go. That's a little bit better. Alrighty, guys. Uh, you guys have a great night. Thank you again for uh, being here as well as uh, Gold Pill Donations. Thank you for your presence. Spread the word, share the links, and uh, we will see you guys uh, next time. Uh, till then, be safe, be blessed, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, God bless America. Take care, y'all. <laughs>